do not adjust your set. Your 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 set. This is not an error. This is the new Gaming Fix podcast theme created by our dear friend Jeff Davis for episode 141 on October 3rd, 2020. I am your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. your partner's favorite track off of Mouth Dreams. I am joined today by Pat. Uh, it's definitely... Oh, it's definitely Closer Flies. That is the one for me. That is that, that is one, that one's like just real good in it, terms of like and I like that one as like a song. And and I like after the song before it ends and then the music kicks in, I was like, "Oh god, what is this going to be?" Um cuz I'm a pretty big Nine Inch Nails fan. Uh and then when the lyrics come in, I like slammed my head not like dangerously, but I definitely like drop my head onto my desk and keyboard and just like face planted my keyboard with my arms at my sides. And my partner was like, are you okay? <laughs> I was like, no, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, Allison. Uh, I still haven't listened to the whole thing yet, but okay. uh, the two songs that were specifically told that I need to listen to were Limp Wicket and Wah and both, both were great, so now I need to go back and listen to the whole album. Just a Baby is a close second for me. I think you'll appreciate that one quite a lot. Cool. I really like Ribs. It's <laughs> and good too. Alex. I was actually going to say that Ribs is a strong one, uh, <laughs> but if not Ribs, I might say Cannibals. Yeah. That's Which the one's T- Cannibals? That's the THX one. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that one is something. Yeah, there's only one song that I that I don't like to hear on the album, mm-hmm. and it's the first one. I love uh, that. I thought <laughs> it's it was very funny. Extremely funny. It is extremely funny. It's just it sounds so bad. Like it's such a upsetting <laughs> noise to hear mm-hmm. over and over. And he makes it like really loud and kind of like clips and stuff. And yeah, it's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. but then he oh god, it. stop this. <laughs> um, the one that leans oh, on. So that uses uh I don't want to I don't want to spoil it for anyone. There's one near the end of the album that is for the most part just the song but with the lyrics rearranged mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's that one threw me after having got it's like you go through the journey of listening to the album and then you get to that one and it's like what are you doing? <laughs> and it's very funny. Are you talking are you talking about I'm talking about my cigarette wife? Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. It's an old man in your Chardonnay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Really uh, if if you haven't already, you should you should go listen to Neil Ciciarga's Mouth Dreams, which is one of the best things to happen in twenty twenty. One Definitely. of the few good things. And you should if you haven't heard his albums before, you should go back and listen to the other ones too. Yeah. I don't yeah, think you, you gotta listen mouth to sounds, order. mouth silence. I think you mouth. can get into mouth dreams to to get with the zeitgeist and then go back to the other ones. I don't think it's yeah. um yeah. there's technically concepts to some of them, but they're not present in if, the music at all. A lot all. of the <laughs> I, I would a lot of the early work is Smash Mouth uh, centric. Oh, yeah. Yes. He he kind of started the Smash Mouth movement. He's kind of started the internet as we know it. There are so yeah. many things that he's done, and you're just like, 
If you don't know, Neil Sierra, Neil C. Sierra did Potter Puppet Pals, uh, Ultimate Showdown of Ultimate Destiny. That's the one that like blows my mind a little bit. Oh yeah, no, that was like, excuse me, what? Uh, So many other things. You know those those gifs of like Shrek where his head blows up and it's just like gets all deformed and messy and weird, or like there's lots of other gifs, but like um, he he wrote the Photoshop plugin that does that. Okay, of course. <laughs> like <laughs> stuff like that. Where it's like, okay, yeah. So Neil Neil Cicciarega basically just like invented the internet humor as we know it today. He's the best. Yep. Honestly, and for real. Did it because he was homeschooled and he his parents were like, you can just learn whatever you want as long as you like pass these tests, you can do whatever you want. And uh that's what he spent his time learning was making internet music and <laughs> Oh yeah, he has a whole like TED that. talk. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you you should watch this TED talk. <laughs> yeah, it also made the definitive version of the Ghostbusters theme song. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. you can hear mm-hmm. on Mouth. What was the last Silence? one he did? Mouth Silence was that the or most mouth recent sounds? One? I can't remember actually. Mouth Sounds, I think, was like the first one. There's Mouth Moods, right? And then Mouth Silence. <laughs> Anyway, it is, it right is from it is from Mouth Moods. I have looked it up. What okay, is impressive okay. is what is impressive is that he's. I mean, the gimmick is if you've not picked up on it is like taking different songs and sounds and smashing them together in different ways. Yeah, but it's even though if you hear that, if you told me that, I would go. I'm not interested in that. I don't care. Like <laughs> moving on, but he consistently is surprising and hilarious every time. And even knowing the gimmick over and over again, it's still like, oh my God, I can't believe this when you listen to the, the music. Uh, so it's, it's even if you hear that and you're like, I'm not interested in that, I highly recommend just giving it a shot because I'm the kind of person who is cynical about that kind of humor in a way that if you explained it to me and I hadn't heard it first, I would have just been like, this is stupid. But okay. I heard it was Idle Thumbs that first recommended it to me. And mm-hmm. I trust them on pretty much everything, so I'd listen, and <laughs> it's so it's very good. If I were to recommend two songs from the back catalog, I would recommend "Time" all caps because that one's very hilarious, and it also um, "Annoyed Grunt." Wait, it's, <laughs> yep. yes, yes. <laughs> very good. Um, the one that, um, bah, 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 bah. um so. One of the things that I used to do, um, I have not done it to my current partner. Wait, because he created I think, the Endless Jeopardy twi- of Twitter account? Yes. God damn um, it, what is and, it not done? Uh, <laughs> and a Goosebumps like generator Twitter yes. account. Um, I, ha- I did not do this to my current partner, but to most of my friends and to every person I had dated prior since, you know, whatever, 2015 when it came out, um, which I guess was only a couple people, but whatever. Uh, at some point on a car ride, I would put on full mouth and Mm -hmm. just let it go. And so that they got really annoyed, uh, (laughs) because the, the joke there is so funny and the way that it, then it's, it's very much a too many cooks situation. And, uh, I don't know. I really appreciate doing like, playing it for people who don't have any idea what, who, who Neil Sestriega is and, and like what the music is like. It's extremely yeah. funny. 
I love that we talked almost God. 10 minutes about <laughs> New yeah. Zero. I get to start this it's good. It's the best. It's as good as any of the video games I brought this week, so. Wow. Uh, That's high praise. I wonder. Uh, there was a really good tweet that I saw, <laughs> and I, I can't remember what it was, but it basically was like, Neil C. Sierra is like girl talk for people who are terminally online or something yes. like that. <laughs> and the thing is, I don't personally like girl talk that much. I understand why other people do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really my jam. That's the reason why. Yeah. The, yeah. If you if someone had sold it to me as, oh, it's like funny girl talk, I would have been like, I don't care. Um, but uh, it's, it's so much more than that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's very good. Very good. Yeah. Uh. You know what else is good sometimes? Video games. I think video games so, are very good. So right I've now. been told. So I've been told. Well, it okay. Strong words. Yeah. Somebody, somebody ought to hold you to them. Uh, everyone on this podcast is too much of a coward to play either of the video games that I brought this week. So. <laughs> I'm interested in squadrons. I, I mean, I I want to play it. It's just I don't want to play. It. I told my girlfriend I wasn't gonna spend any more money unless I can get a PS five. So I can't, I can't buy any more games. That's sort of or, shackling or your fate to, to or, Sony. In a, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't let Sony own your wallet like that. That's, that's not actually the agreement, but no, I know <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Okay. So we're here. Star Wars squadrons that, that came out saving the best for last. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Star Wars oh, squadrons. Wow. Okay. Show your hand early. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh Yeah. We'll see. I have to play more Star Wars Squadrons. I think I like the other thing I brought more, but but I like Star Wars Squadrons a lot more now that I've played m- some more of it than when I first started it. Um, when I the my initial, I plugged in my Hotas and booted that game up, and it has a lot of technical problems, like in a weird way that that like reviews didn't super touch on a whole lot, but um, it has. Uh, a lot of it recognized my hotas, which was good because at first it seemed like maybe it wouldn't. But it, the, the classic thing is happening where you have to go in and set the bindings for that stuff manually, and people are like super mad about that, which I don't understand because it's insane That's to expect them to come up with bindings for a thousand different joysticks that they don't mm-hmm. even maybe know exist. <laughs> uh, well, does. Does Flight Simulator? Like I, I know they're no, not you the have same. to set up the bindings in Flight Sim too. There exactly. are two there are two <laughs> there are two very popular there's a very popular Hotas and a very popular Yoke, both Logitech or Cytec, that um that that Flight Simulator recognizes and auto binds. But the bindings are not necessarily optimal. Like they're what they think are optimal, but you're probably gonna want to change things anyway. This is just how simmy games work. You always have to map your controls yourself you spend a day a session messing with them Uh, anyway the bigger issue with my hotas is for a lot of sticks there's like a huge dead zone so you can't do any precise movement really because the you have to move the stick halfway into its uh range of motion to even get it to like do anything Um, i did see that there is like a pre-launch command you can run that will just stop that or like fix it i'll have to see you can do it you can do it in the the cfg files you can fix a lot of the issues the Mm -hmm. problem is that it uses eac which is good Mm -hmm. because i i i you know sorry eac uh easy anti-cheat um okay it's it's a like not kernel it's 
it's like technically um like root access but it doesn't it doesn't access kernels the same way that like the vanguard one does uh and it doesn't run when the game's not running it's very commonly used in a lot of games similar to battle eye or something yes very okay. similar it's Got almost it. identical as far as i know uh so and it's good i'm glad that it has eac because this kind of game would get absolutely ruined by people cheating but you also can't edit the cfg files at all and then play multiplayer it'll like it'll just like trip the eac and you won't be able to play so a lot of those things but maybe if it's like a, a command line argument or something I, like you can do it because you know how steam has the thing yeah I'm yeah trying the to find where I saw yeah. It. like yeah like i, th- I th- think uh, i can't remember where i saw i'll it, look though, into but, it because uh, uh, that would be nice to get that working better because it is really fun with the hotas it's just the dead mm-hmm. zone is not great they they're aware of it as an issue as well uh, and they're apparently going to introduce some settings at first i thought people were making it up but there's like it does feel bad to use my stick and there are video there's like video evidence where people brought up their like calibration software with the game and you can see that it's registering in the calibration mm-hmm. software as being at like 20% motion. And then in the game, nothing's happening. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, that, that part's kind of frustrating. So I switched over to controller and um, it feels really good on an Xbox controller. But the big thing that I want to say about this game up front to anyone who's interested in playing it, it's fucking hard. Uh, it's like, it is, it is really, cool. really, really challenging. Um, and my initial reaction to playing it was, holy shit, this X-Wing is slow. Um, Mm -hmm. Which is, at first, I was basically like, this feels like shit to play. Oh my god. And I was like really (laughs) sad. (laughs) But then I played, I I got in like a TIE Fighter cockpit, and, you know, the TIE Fighter feels really agile. And then I got in an A-Wing, and the A-Wing feels really agile and super fast. And it, I realized that the problem is that I have been mostly engaging with space sims where you spin, they're like non-Newtonian, so you spin like super fast. You can just kind of spin however you want and then kick your engines on and then it sends you, gives you momentum in a direction. And, you know, that stuff is like, you know, like free space or whatever. And that stuff is really, really cool, but that's not what Star Wars is. Star Wars is a game where the, the, the ships fly like airplanes, even though it's space. Um, Mm. and that's very much how it's modeled here and it definitely takes some getting used to, um, and, uh, is legitimately very hard at first. Um, Mm. and when you get, yeah, it, no, what I love about it, my friends. So I played a couple missions of the campaign. The missions in the campaign are very cool. I think they're designed really well. I don't share the same. I don't have the same issues with the AI being bad that some people have expressed. I think the AI is fine. It's no worse than like enemies in a first person shooter or whatever. Um, You definitely, if you manage to get on an enemy's tail, they kind of don't know what to do, but I think that's fine in a game where you're in, in the single player where you're asked to kill like sometimes 10 or 20 enemies. It's not that big of a deal if they don't really like, respond super well once you've got behind them that make it kind of feels like you've won at that point and it's okay um i i will say that the script is a little rough in spots for the story the general story is very much a star wars video game so far but it's fine um it has some really cool characters in it but there are moments of script that i'm like this feels unnatural like like there's a really good character who is uh, a former 
um, racing pilot and they are having a conversation with another character and that other character is like, do you remember this race? And the, 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 the characters are talking to is like, ah, yes, I watched that on the hollow net. And it's just like, this is not how people talk. Um, and it's exacerbated. I said those exact Star Wars. It is. I said those exact words to you before we started this podcast. (laughs) It's exacerbated by the fact that I think most of the VO was recorded in quarantine because to my ear, it sounds like a lot of voice actors doing home recordings, like sitting in their um, closets, trying to like, yeah, make a, a professional sound some, space. Some of the audio quality is like, <laughs> there was like one moment where a character was like, we have to defeat the blah, 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 blah. And it was like really clipped out and, and weird. And I was like, Whoa, that's not, hey, listen, sound the, great. the rebels have to have, uh, some shoddy equipment to work with and they've well, got to make do with what they got. This was a person talking to me. This is a person talking to me in the room. Uh, oh, okay. But, but at the same time though, it's, I would much rather have assuming that what it is, is we have, you know, six months of production left and we need to wrap these 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 reads and we can either go back and forth for two weeks trying to get alternate takes or just work with what we got i would much rather have this than have the game get delayed into next year or have uh the 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 have no voice acting or whatever so i it's a pretty minor criticism because i think they're working with what they got and they did their best and it's not that the voice actors are bad it's just that you combine the script with probably remote direction and it leads to some awkward reads and stuff um with that said, some of the characters are really good. The char- both of the characters in the Hollow Net Descript like conversation are like characters that I really really like. And I think Allison, that's something you would probably really like about the game too is they're they're like Star Wars often runs into a problem of highlighting either the like major players, the mm-hmm. like Jedi and the high-ranking officials or um the specifically like smugglers like scum characters yeah and both of those things are interesting and i like them both but there is a old expanded universe and they're doing this with the books now too so it's not like they aren't doing it but old expanded universe got into a lot of military sci-fi stuff that i really like that was like here are the people on the ground fighting or in this case in space but um on the space fighting yeah yes uh, and Clone Wars does that to an extent, but it still largely centers around Anakin and Ahsoka. So it's like it, it still kind of focuses. There are episodes that 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 like zoom in to the clones themselves that are great. Those are usually the best episodes. Um, and so what you're getting here is that kind of thing of technically you're like a special forces squadron, but it still feels like the of, characters are of rogues. Yeah. Uh, well. Rogue Squadron also exists. You are not oh, you are not okay. a member of Rogue Squadron. Um there I will say there are some really cool characters that pop up from from the fiction that I was not expecting. Um uh, what, what's what's the uh, Jar Jar Binks? Da- Dax? No. The, the 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 god what's his name? Dax Rendar. I don't know. Dash Rendar. Uh Dash Rendar. Dash Rendar. Yeah. I I have not seen him yet, but I would not be surprised if he made an appearance. Um although I don't think he's canon anymore. Uh, so I don't know. Cowards. Yep. Yeah. Okay. They brought uh, Thrawn back into canon though, so who uh, knows? This could be the game to bring Rendar. Is the horse is the horse here? 
no, no, unfortunately, what? no. But there's another very good alien um, that I really, really like. I I'm going to say they because it sounds like they have a kind of feminine voice, but it I it's hard to know, which is, by the way, another thing that this game does that I fucking love. The character creation is there is no gendering whatsoever. You can choose any face and pair it with any voice and any body type. Um, well, mm-hmm. either body type. There's kind of a feminine body type and a masculine body type. Uh, I thought that was awesome when I was creating characters. And people are melting down because there is only one roughly kind of white looking dude. And the rest of the characters are all other people are either people of color or women, which I thought was pretty great on the New Republic side. Um uh, but uh, uh, anyway, the, the the single player is fine. I wouldn't buy the game just for that, frankly, uh, at $40. I think if it goes on sale at some point or if you bought a month of the EA Origin Access Premiere or whatever they're calling it now, Play Pro, um, for 15 bucks and played through the or story, wait, that'd be a great way to do it. Or if you wait till next month. It won't be on. Then, it won't be included in oh. that. Oh, it's oh, it's you don't even get like the ten hours or whatever. Uh, you might actually. I don't know. Like, ten, like oh, play ten hours. You could definitely. Th- the story, from what I hear, is about seven hours long. So you could totally eek in. I think if with the trial, um, which I think they're fine with because this game is a multiplayer game more than anything. The story mm, is yeah. is fine. It's it's a good six seven hours from what I understand. I've, I've uh, it's basically a big tutorial for the yes. for the multiplayer. <laughs> from what I understand, you learn a lot of the techniques. That you Which use in the multiplayer, par for the course for like a Battlefront or a Battlefield or it, a for a dice Call developed for a dice, dice developed campaign, yeah. Um, and and it's good too because this game is really complicated. So the fact that they deliver that stuff to you early on through the the oh, campaign is good. Um, but but sorry, that being said, if they made like a Star Wars Squadrons mixed with like Bad Company. Oh man. Yeah. I think that there's potential for that too. Um, if they ever were to make another one of these, I think they could improve on certain aspects of the campaign. This game feels like it could easily be a foundation for something that's a little more open, um, and more focused on single player. So I really hope that it does well and that that's something that motive has designs on. Um, cause it has a lot of technical issues. Uh, like I said, the hotel stuff is a bit frustrating, it has this ins I've never seen. It's one of the wildest things I've ever seen. You can turn on V-Sync, but the game will still try to run at around 400 frames per second. Huh. And it turns your PC into a fucking jet engine. <laughs> and because the game is pretty well optimized, so it's not that hard to hit. I'm playing it on Ultra, and I have a pretty powerful PC, but I bought a new video card this year, but it's not like a supercomputer. Um, and it can run the game. It can it can hit peaks of 300 frames per second. However, the performance at that level is like a airplane shaking apart. Like it, because it, it, it's bouncing around so much between frames, so it feels like it's running at about 20 frames per second because the tearing is so bad and it's so jittery oh, um, because of the bouncing frame rates. You, you sure this isn't like meant to be immersive mode, so that way you can feel like you're in an it's X-wing terrible. or wing Playing it like that is—I don't think it's an issue on consoles. I think this is a PC-specific issue. Playing it like that is awful. So what I found was I was able to go into the NVIDIA control panel and force it to run at 60 and at the at the like the video card yeah. interface level, and that fixed it for me. Um, but it's frustrating to use it with VR because then you have to change the settings to the refresh rate 
on your VR mm-hmm. headset whenever you launch the game. So um, it's that issue is very frustrating and one that I hope they fix because I think there's going to be a lot of people that want to play it who maybe don't want to mess with their video card settings. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's really frustrating. Uh, Hopefully they get that ironed out. And it only seems to trigger in multiplayer. So you can play it some and then it'll it'll just kick off. And I didn't even realize what was happening at first. And my friend said I should turn on the FPS meter in Steam. And I did. And then I saw it flipping out. Uh, but if you fix that, um, I will say it also has the worst initial if you try to launch it in VR first, it is one of the worst experiences I've ever had uh, mm. with a VR game because I launched it and then it immediately pops an origin login like dialog <laughs> box in on a black screen, but you can't see your mouse oh. anywhere because you're in VR and I guess Steam VR has disabled the mouse cursor uh, and it uses Steam VR as it's like VR firmware or whatever in in every on every storefront and so you can't like log in you can't interact with the login at all so you have to like quit out take your headset off launch it again and log in and then it pops a huge window of like a bunch of accessibility options which is great it has some really good accessibility options from what i saw maybe not all the ones needed but it's moving in a better direction at least the problem is interacting with that menu in vr sucks (laughs) uh so um then I finally got past that window and then it shows like these kind of like in these kind of like motion graphic like story it's fine cuz it's like oh the 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 empire destroyed Alderaan and now you're a pilot and blah 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 and it's 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 like just a quick way to get you into the story um but then it just sat there at a black screen forever and didn't load anything uh, so I just kind of gave up and was like, all right, well, I guess I'll play it not in VR for a while first. Um, but then I came back to it after I had gotten through the opening stuff in VR and, uh, it's really cool playing with like a Hotas with a VR headset on is really, really cool. And feeling like you, you're sitting physically in an X-Wing cockpit is definitely like dream come true. I think for a lot of people. Um, and so, uh, and from what I understand, it works really well on PSVR. There was some. There was a, a kind gentleman that we were playing with last night who, over voice, was like, "I'm playing a PSVR and it's amazing." So, did you say back, "I'm using tilt controls"? I did not turn my voice chat on. <laughs> I remained in Discord oh, voice. Man, if, you're, if you're going true <laughs> Mario Kart style, you don't need voice chat. <laughs> yeah. Well, so on that, I'll say before, so I don't talk about this game for a half hour. The multiplayer is uh, an experience in a sense of it's the first time in a while with a game where I have felt like I need to learn a new skill set. Um, I've played a lot of space sims in the past, but never gotten that into them in multiplayer. So I, I don't really have any context for how good I am at them. And I still don't really, because the game has such a wide range of skill levels right now that it's hard. I've had games where I did okay and games where I did very poorly. Um, at first I found it frustrating, but then I just accepted that we were, I was t- play, I played with two other friends last night on discord and we were talking and just kind of like, you just kind of have to accept that you're learning a new skill set because it's really, really hard. Um, and you will die in ways that are like, I don't know what happened. I, uh, something started beeping and then I exploded 
and uh, there's a lot of that early on while you're learning to play it. Um, and uh, there, there is there are two modes in the game. There's a dogfight mode, which is a five v five dogfight, which at first I was kind of down on, but it's really fun. It's the perfect number of ships. Uh, it, it's it's like it's there's no objectives in it other than to to defeat the other team, and you have to get it. You have to get to thirty kills, and it's tight. Feels good. Um, and then there's this fleet battles mode, which is kind of like a attack and defend, push and pull, where you are trying to kill enemy ships like capital ships to eventually get to an enemy big capital ship. Um, and it seems really cool. And there's like some creeps flying around too, like just AI, basic AI. Um, they do a good job with like, if you're playing the, the, the empire in that mode, they use like Imperial Raiders, which is a kind of ship that, doesn't show up in the movies so it's really cool the way they kind of lean on some more expanded universe stuff like that um and it feels really good to fight that stuff i will say my friends and i are still we can't beat the ai on easy in the fleet battles mode we're trying to figure out how to play it effectively because i think we ended up winning one of them finally last night um but we got carried by the two people um it runs into an issue of like there's a point at which it will say assault the enemy star destroyer. If you're playing as new Republic and it's like, Oh, okay. But it's like a real scaled star destroyer and it's just bristling with guns and mm. you fly like towards it and then you get blown up. And I, we haven't yet figured out how you're supposed to fly at a star destroyer and get close to it. Close, like literally close enough to shoot at it without it blowing you apart. Uh, so well, I mean, you just got to watch the start of the Last Jedi. So one thing that's interesting—I know that's a joke—but something I would touch on, I want to touch on, uh, and it's because of the fact that they're T65s. They have not put T70 X-wings in, but you can't do any of that shit that you can do that that like Poe does at all in an X-wing in this game because they are like clunky and slow and not not particularly—they're like well armored and armed, but they just don't fly very mm-hmm. fast or maneuver very fast. So it is funny. I think if you, if you don't, if you're not like, I can look at it and go, well, of course not. Cause they're T 65s. They're not T 70s. But if you just like watched like the last Jedi and were like, man, I love Poe. I want to fly an X wing too. It would, <laughs> it's not the feeling that you're going to get from it. Um, which is kind of to my last point. Uh, it's, they did a phenomenal job making the ships feel very different. At first, I was a little bummed that it only had eight ships in it. Um, but having played it now, it's eight extremely distinct ships, which I think makes up for the fact that the actual ship count is a little low. Um, and each one of they they've smartly managed their progression systems or implemented their progression system where you have one overall level that goes up as you play the game, you get experience points from playing against AI or people. And as your level goes up, you get a currency that you use to unlock ship upgrades of which there are like dozens. Um, and we're talking upgrades, different kinds of primary weapons, different secondary stuff, different hulls, different shields, different engines. Um, and then you get a currency that, that unlocks cosmetics and there's no microtransactions or anything. You just save up 
the currency and it's not a big grind. You can get one of the like legendary tier skins after playing for a few hours. Um, so the, the progression and stuff is really smart. I was, they have daily challenges that you do that say like, Oh, get kills in an X wing. But, um, it doesn't do the thing where you have to play a tie fighter a bunch to unlock tie fighter stuff. You can play as a, a wing cause you like the way it feels and then spend your unlocks on tie fighter upgrades. Um, which I think works really well because it allows you to experiment with the different ships as much as you want and kind of go, Oh, I like, so for me, I was like, Oh, I like, I like X wings, but they don't feel maneuverable at all. So I grabbed an engine upgrade that lowers your top speed, but makes you more maneuverable. And it made me like flying it a little bit more. Um, so you can totally do that. I did a thing with the a wing cause I love the way the a wing pilots and, um, the basic loadout for the a wing is very much an interceptor, like, fighter killer um so i took upgrades to make it more of a like skirmisher against the lighter capital ships and it worked i became like a really powerful for i could do these like strafing runs on capital ships where they couldn't hit me because i was so fast but i was unleashing like five or six barrage rockets and close range blaster fire that like burst fired and then zipping out and getting out of range. Um, and it, it's really cool the degree to which that stuff works and how much you can customize the ships. Nice. Uh, how, how successful has the like diverting your shields and all that stuff felt like, Oh, oh it matters. I've got to getting, I'm getting shot from behind. I need to pull thrusters down and shields in the back or whatever. That's actually the big reason that I want them to get Hota's dead zone stuff fixed. And I'm excited to hear that someone maybe found a way that to help with that because my Hotas has like between my throttle and my stick, it has like 20 buttons at least. Um, and many of those buttons are like hat style things where they're like directional buttons. Mm. And I would like to have access to those because managing flying, managing your targeting, which is a huge thing, managing your power and managing where your shields are, are things you basically are doing simultaneously. <laughs> uh, which is why it's so hard. It's not just that maneuvering is challenging. It certainly is, but it's really the systems management that is the most challenging thing. Cause it matters a lot. Basically, if you put all of your powers into wep- power into weapons, you can fire in perpetuity. If you put it all into shields or engines, you can only fire a few shots before you run out of energy and have to let it recharge. So you basically have to like shunt power to engines to get to maneuver and get in position behind an enemy and then kick power to weapons so that you can really maximize like your, your opportunity where you're behind them. And then as soon as you start taking hits, you have to recognize where those hits are coming from and shunt your shields either forward or backward based on where the enemy is. And then probably kick power over to shields to, to get them to regen faster. And then on top of that, if you take hull damage and you've outfitted yourself with an R2 or like a, the Imperials also have a hull repair, you have to hit the button to repair your hull too. And so it's all very chaotic and hectic and fast paced. <coughs> Sorry about that. I had to dive away. Um, but yeah, it, that stuff all matters a lot. Uh, and and um, I think that is what makes it feel the most challenging. Um, and so I think if you are interested in uh, playing it, you have to go into it with the understanding that you're going to feel like you're bad at it for a bit. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, Star Wars, it they 
they keep making those games. I wonder how long EA will keep exclusivity. Do they get like a renewal on that? I don't know. I, okay. Yeah, I, I wonder if that gets uh, broken out. People, Microsoft buys exclusive rights to the Star Wars game licenses. People shit on EA's handling of Star Wars, and I understand it. But I don't know. Fallen Order is really good. Um, Battlefront yeah. 2 became really good after they put it out, and it was a disaster. Um, this game is pretty good. Uh, Connect so, was pretty amazing. <laughs> I think uh, the biggest thing, at least for me, uh, with EA is there's only so many things that EA is going to have on the burner. And if they were willing to do like not not as extreme as like what Warhammer has, where anyone is just like, oh, we're going to make a Warhammer game. We're making a Warhammer game. But if it was spread out more and you had more variety in the studios and stuff, that would be obviously much more ideal but i mean i don't believe in the i in my perfect utopia anyone can make anything right so like i i i I would much prefer a world where it's more like the way that games workshop handles the warhammer license because it doesn't really hurt anyone if there are bad games you know um it it, it's it doesn't hurt the integrity of the light of the franchise or whatever if there's bad stuff related to it the final fucking movie in the franchise is really bad so (laughs) no game that they're gonna make is gonna be is gonna give me worse feelings than watching that movie uh so uh yeah i wish there was more stuff for sure and i think that they're the biggest issue is that there are just gaps in like there should be an uncharted ish like you're a smuggler running around Coruscant shooting a blaster mm-hmm. pistol. That game should exist, and it's insane that it doesn't exist yet. I mean, mean that um, was thirteen thirteen, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's was, what I mean. Yeah, kind of like what they made with uh, was uh, the, the 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 Fallen Order. Like it was, you know, it was like a mix of things, uh, but it had like some Uncharted in there. But yeah, it did. But but a Fallen Order is still a, is more of a Jedi like Dark Souls lightsaber fighting game that has yeah some dark souls in it i'm talking about like there should be a third person shooter in that 1313 sure. should have come out or amy hennig's game yeah. should have come out you know that's yeah. more what i'm getting at um there should be yeah they they cancel so much stuff there there should be a star wars rpg right exists right now it's wild that there is not a kotor it doesn't even have to be like kotor but that there is not a mm-hmm. game like kotor in that to ear, some yeah. extent now, um, yeah. well, what if, let what me. If it was, what wait. if it was a free-to-play Star Wars game with gotcha mechanics? There, that exists. There's like three of those. So, and it was in our open and I world do not like RPG. Any of them as They're all bad. I played all and of it, them. <laughs> they're all bad. And it was kind Galaxy of like of Heroes is okay. What, what if it had anime girls? Now I'm in. Had anime Chewbacca. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I mean that technically exists too. There is Star Wars. There is there is uh there is Star Wars anime stuff. There is not a Star Wars anime that I'm aware of that's just who, like who is the Timmy of Star Wars? Is it Anakin? Oh, no, cuz Timmy the only thing Timmy does is stand on that bridge. So it's got to be somebody who doesn't really do much. Would you um, would you call that bridge the high ground? <laughs> if so, I know who's on it. <laughs> It's funny you say that because there's a very funny meme, uh, Genshin Impact meme, which is what we're going to talk about next. That is, there's a character uh, in it that at one point she goes, We need to go to the high ground. And I had the thought, 
that thought and I went to the subreddit, which is awful. You shouldn't go to that subreddit. It's really terrible. The people there are not great. Oh, but, it's, uh, I, I'm assuming it's all memes like that. Yeah, it's mostly memes and many of them are funny, including the one that I'm referencing, which was uh, then it's like Obi-Wan's face and it's like something like happiness intensifies or whatever. But there's a lot of shitty memes on there that are like, I, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. There's no report button here. Well, guess I won't be back here. Uh, but uh, yeah, Genshin Impact has uh, anime girls, although I appreciate that they're not like icky anime girls, which is part of why I was like, OK, I can get into this because a lot of gotchas are like gross. Um and it has anime boys and it has uh anime dragons or one anime dragon Ooh. at least. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and well, this, is, this is an anime gotcha game. It's how really fuckable good. is this how fuckable is this dragon? I would say on a scale of, of one to ten, it's like around an eight or eight point five. Okay, that's that's mm. pr- pretty dang. It's a very attra- so when you say fuckable, <laughs> do you mean like how attractive is the dragon or how uh logistically possible it would be i want like a five point scale like like feasibility attractiveness can can sensuality like in the game is there a mechanic wherein you can romance the dragon no like a so if we're four go up and push the button if this is not just an appearance thing then uh it's got to be like a 2.5 because mainly because this is an enormous dragon like (laughs) it carries at one point, it carries like six people on its back, and hey. it could it could I'm fit sure like another thing. fifteen to twenty. Yeah, how, I, how sensual is this dragon? Um, I'd say like a six out of ten, probably. Okay. Reasonably sensual. It's an old dragon, and uh-huh. it's got a. It's like really angry. Yeah, and when you first meet them, they're very angry, and like have that kind of like. Uh, sensual rage thing going on. They tried to destroy an entire city. Um, yeah. And then you, and then you have to, and then, and I think it's a, he, he's crying a lot and you have to get his tears and purify them. And then you use that to repair the Holy liar de Hermel. And then, um, Venti can play the liar to calm Bechamel. (laughs) Venti can play the liar to calm the dragon down. But you still got to do a Panzer Dragoon so style making, fight against him. I, th- so you're making I think I've just cheese. been like activated. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> this game, <laughs> it's funny because all week I've been like, how am I going to talk about this game on the podcast? And then I came up, I like didn't practice, but I came up with like, oh, these are the points I want to hit. And in this order, and we've just, that's out the window. Um, but for anyone still listening who has not turned this podcast off yet, Genshin Impact is a open world action adventure RPG uh, with gotcha mechanics. Um, free to play. Free to play. What's, it's what's, on, a, what's a gotcha mechanic, Pat? So gotcha mechanic, the, the, the word gotcha is based on gachapon, which is like Japanese capsule toys. Um, so, so you turn it. The shit, you go to the supermarket, you put a quarter in, you turn yep. the thing, and then crank the little it. thing pops out. You crank, crank it, your and you get a prize. And then uh, the prize. <laughs> And that yeah. prize is a dragon. Uh, but it's like also so, there's it's, it's there's an element of randomness to it too. Um, uh, yes, <laughs> and historically, <laughs> much. historically, gotchas have been like kind of all over mobile space. Like that Fire Emblem game yes. was a gotcha like 
it's it's you roll characters, you get like maybe a five star character versus a one star right. character. Um, is it like the, all the Madden like Ultimate Team stuff? That's cautious sure. stuff, isn't it? Or the I've never basically, with it, yeah. So I, I mean, don't know in what some it ways, looks like, but in some ways, um, Madden is structured more like a card game because you like open a pack of cards. Yeah, but it's yeah, all right. just different animations for the same shit. Like in some ways, Gotcha Pun is not that dissimilar from Magic the Gathering. Like right. it, it's yeah. you, you're buying like or, random draws. Uh, Overwatch yeah. for that matter. Yes, although Overwatch doesn't have character strength tied to the mechanic, but yeah, certainly from like a random box opening thing for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um the thing that is interesting or the thing that has been the case with most gotcha games in my opinion is they're bad. Like the yeah. the the one that I connected with a little bit is Grand Blue Fantasy earlier this year which I found enjoyable from a as a visual novel. It's it's good. The art is beautiful. The writing's pretty good. The thing that that ultimately kind of made me fall off with it after a pretty significant amount of time um, and no money invested is the gotcha mechanic is fun because it's fun to open random packs of characters. But in Grand Blue, you can get like a really fucking cool character and a really cool looking sword. But it in the end, you're only really using them in like a JRPG style battle that happens like a couple times per chapter. So I just didn't feel like much of a connection. I felt a connection to the characters through the writing, but I didn't feel much of a connection to the gotcha characters or the equipment that I was pulling, which is such a huge part of the game. And you spend so much time managing your loadouts and then they don't come into, excuse me, into play very often. Um, So Genshin impact is, the opposite end of that spectrum. It's on PS4, PC, and mobile right now. The PS4 version, everything can cross-play with each other. Um, although it's primarily a single-player game, you don't even unlock co-op until like 12 hours in. And then at that point, it's like you can co-op, but there doesn't seem to be a significant advantage to at this point where I'm at in the game. It's just if you want to run around with your friends. Um, and when you do co-op, you don't, you only advance the story and quest lines in the host's world. If you are co-oping in, you can get, you take all the rewards that you get and stuff that you get back. So you progress your characters when you join someone else's world, but you can't like play through the story together. So it's, it's a relatively, it's clearly designed for high level end game stuff that you're going to want to co-op for that are like dungeon type content. Um, so, don't go into it thinking it's a destiny because it's not, it's not really a multiplayer focused thing. You're probably going to need to play for a hundred hours before the co-op even really becomes relevant. Uh, but well, anyway, so that's, are they treating it like a service game or are they, they're adding stuff yes. over time? I yeah. assume, right? It so, will be a service. It is a service uh, game for sure. Yeah. I imagine. Yeah. There'll be more total co-op stuff in time to come. Um, based on how popular and maybe it'll be a flash in the pan, but based on how popular it seems right now, I suspect that they will be able to make content for it for quite a while. I have never seen a single moment in a game shared on social media as much <laughs> as fucking Timmy. I've and barely seen it. Pigeons. So we'll get to Timmy and the pigeons, which is the name of my new uh, Ramones <laughs> cover band. Uh, but uh, um, the, <laughs> the, 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 the structure of the game. So it's on these three platforms. They all cross play. If, but PS4 doesn't have cross account, like cross save stuff. So if you start on PS4, you're playing on PS4, 
people are saying they're going to add that, but I can't, I haven't found anywhere where they have said themselves that they're going to add that. So I don't know that that will ever happen. Um, but if you play on PC and mobile, the accounts talk to each other. You can log in on your phone or play it on the PC. Interestingly, most of the time, I think this is a really important thing that a lot of people that I know that I've tried to sell this game to don't aren't grasping. This is not a mobile game ported to PC. It is a clearly a PC developed game that they scrunch down to run on phones. And I, even on an iPhone hmm. uh, Pro Max that I have from last year, uh, it's kind of a little chunky on phones. So it's clearly more of a, like I'm playing it on PC primarily and I've spent like 20 to 25 hours with the game so far this week and it has been on PC. So it's I log of, in on like, my phone. Kind of like PUBG in that way in a, in a way. Yeah, I definitely. I log in on my phone sometimes when I'm in bed to like, oh, I need to, because there's it has the like classic, it's a billion mechanics and one of them is the send a character out for 12 hours and they go and collect resources thing. Um, mm-hmm. And so like last night I saw a push notification that something was ready to pick up. And so I logged in real quick to go grab that because it's totally playable on phones. It's not like, you, it's not a, doesn't feel terrible to play on phones, but it's definitely like virtual stick and virtual buttons mm. for doing things, right. um, which is not and, fun. And to be, cause I don't think we've mentioned it. It's basically like breath of the wild, right? Like it's in terms of yeah, so, how, how you're controlling it, et cetera. Yeah. Yes. Generally. Yes. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a action adventure RPG, which gets to my point about grand blue versus this game and why I'm finding this game much more engaging, even from a gotcha perspective is you are directly controlling a character and moving around a really big open world space that on the, at a surface level level resembles breath of the wild. Um, it has a sort of similar pastel anime art style. It's a little more anime than breath of the wild. The characters are much more like anime inspired, um, but it's very beautiful. The environments are gorgeous looking, um, super stylized. And, uh, you, when you do the combat, so you're kind of, you know, on PC, I'm playing on PC with mouse and keyboard because I like that control layout. Um, and so I'm wasting to run around the world and then you get into combat and it's an action game. Um, like you're mashing an attack button, which is true. And at first it feels like the combat's going to just be super mashy, but very quickly it turns into a game where you, your characters have a basic attack string that all have a unique effect at the end. Um, they have a hold attack where if you hold the button down, they do something specific. And then they have uh, a basic power that's on a cooldown that you can just use or hold. And then they also have an ultimate ability that you charge up with like orbs, like power orbs. And then that has a big effect. Oh, Each of them has. Oh. That, that just makes me think it's going to show up at GDQ. <laughs> uh, each of the. Um, Characters has an elemental affinity and all of the elements combine in different ways. The elements are like status effects. Kind of you like put um, like fire on an enemy. And then if you put fire on an enemy and then do a wind attack, then it'll cause a like fire swirl. So like I have your, their main character um, has a uh, tornado that they do for their ultimate. So if there's like some burning grass or a character that's on fire and you do the tornado, it turns it into like a flaming tornado and then it hits everyone. It hits gets put on fire. Um, 
So it's a lot of those kind of effects. Um, the the water effect is called wet. So you make people wet, which yeah. it's quite the time for that. I don't think it's intended as 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 a uh, reference. Stay wet, wizards. <laughs> um, Go ahead. Uh, the 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 character that I have that is water affinity is the um the like what do they call her the duchess or something not a duchess but she she basically deaconess I think is what they call her of the Man. church in the city <laughs> and she makes people wet that's for sure um <laughs> she's actually very conservatively dressed in like a really pretty dress that and that is like ankle length so does, does she live anywhere. Like, does are there lots of ovens where she lives? Because then she could be the Duchess of Ovens, and you know, no Dutch oven, like yeah. fire <laughs> under under yes. blankets. Yes, I understand. I understand where you're going. You know, uh, so far there hasn't been a lot of farting. Um, well, but uh, hey, it's a service game; they can always add it. Yes. Okay. So anyway, she like makes somebody wet, and then I switch to Lisa, who's like there, like. They're kind of she's Lisa's really cool, but she's she reminds me of the character from Fire Emblem, the like sexy teacher that is flirting with people all the time. Uh, Uh, what is her? God, I keep almost calling her Minfilia, but that's from Final Fantasy. (laughs) But that character, like I don't know, (laughs) Lisa's kind of like Lisa's kind of like that character, but like ten years earlier before she took a job as a professor. Um. And so you so you go from the Manuela, the, yeah. Manuela, yeah. yeah. You go from the you go from the deaconess. Deaconess makes somebody wet. You switch to Lisa, and she's an electric <laughs> character. So then she uses her ability, and then they're uh, they they're like electrocuted, and they take damage over time. So it's a lot of that kind of stuff. You switch instantly. There's only like a 1.5 second cooldown on the switch. So um, so you can character your character switching all the time, doing combos. Switching mid combo, firing off an ability. It feels really satisfying. It takes like three or four hours of play before you get to that point. Before that, it just feels like you're slamming the attack button all the time, which is boring. But I would make the argument that a game like Final Fantasy XIV, which is also fantastic, for the first like 10 hours of that game, when you get into fights, you push the one key and watch animations play for like two minutes. Depending on your class, there are certainly classes that are more active. But <laughs> the character that I was playing last in Final Fantasy XIV had like three abilities. And two of them were on like a 90 second cooldown. So uh, it's it's as engaging as any kind of the combat. It quickly ramps up and early on it's as, ga- as engaging as any kind of MMO style game, even though this isn't an MMO. Um, but uh, the world exploration is where it had draws most of the Breath of the Wild comparisons because it has a Korok equivalent where there are these spirits and you follow them to a place and a chest pops up or something. It has... Um, uh, statues that you give little collectibles you find around in the environment to, and it increases your stamina. You can climb any surface using stamina. Um, there is no it's raining, so your stamina it goes down more mechanic, thankfully. Um, and then there are no breakable weapons because the weapons and characters come out of the gotcha system, um, which you you could probably play all of the story content in this game with weapons you get from the free initial draws and characters that you get for free. But there is certainly a deep dark hole to go down trying to get the weapons because one, unlike grand blue, they look 
rad as fuck on your character. <laughs> so, and you la- actually see them and use them. So there's that part. And then each weapon has a unique uh, effect that it does. So it has its stats, but then also it'll be like, oh, at the end of your combo string, this weapon deals five damage to you, but it also then does an AOE attack where it hits everybody around you or something. Sorry, so does five damage to you meaning your own character? I haven't seen one that does that specifically, but I've seen similar things to that that deals okay. like stamina damage or, or, or hits you. And so then to level those things up, you're feeding the weapons, other weapons. Oh and no. Then when you feed the weapons, the weapon number goes up and then you hit a certain point and you need materials to enhance it to the next rank to get the materials. You have to do specific dungeon content, which is repeatable, but it, you, you takes up a stamina system to do those dungeons. And then, so, and then Kenny Omega shows up and then you feed his card to another one. I would, I hope you could feed. It would be cool if I could feed Kenny Omega to Barbara. Uh, I she would. I have no context for that, but I want it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's such a weird game because that whole aspect of it is not a thing you really need to engage with if you just want to play it e. to see the story and to see the. And the story is interesting because it is very tropey. It is very much adventure anime. I just think it does, it has really good writing. So the characters in it are all just archetypical. Oh, this is the authority figure with a heart of gold. That's really, um, that that's like really just, and this is the like sexy, like flirty character. And this is the roguish, um, male character. And this is the one who doesn't like to play by the rules. And like your character, you have, you have a character named Paimon who's with you, who's caused a lot of um, discourse because she's kind of like your Navi equivalent. I like her a lot. A lot of people don't like her because she is very much the like fairy archetype where she follows you around and talks for you. Um, I saw one person that I follow uh, who's in games press was just saying like, Oh my fucking God, I hate Paimon so much. I really hope she's just the tutorial character. And I got news for that person she's in the whole game uh, and she talks all the time um, and she has a like Paimon thinks blah 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 kind of voice that some people are not going to drive with yeah um, that's mm. I like her there's early on um, <laughs> a character asks you who the fairy is and you can say we're friends or she's an emergency food source <laughs> that's so right. it's got a lot of that kind of clever writing in it um, there's a quest line with a, with a chef lady, uh, and you have to help her win a cooking competition. Like, well, sorry, it's got a lot of good stuff with that in mind, thinking about the clever writing and stuff. So this is not a North American developed game. It's localized, right? Like, is it Japanese yeah. developed or Chinese? It's Chinese. It's Chinese. Okay. So whatever the, I forget the name of the studio. Like it, it's like Mihoyo Vo- is the yeah, name of the studio. I was thinking yeah. like Vohayo, like the Twitch emoji, but yeah. Mihoyo, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, um, they're based out of Shanghai, I see. Yeah. Cool. It's clearly deeply um, influenced by Japanese game development and culture and anime right. and stuff. They're like, they're like little tagline that says Mihoyo and then Tekotaku saved the world underneath <laughs> their, their name. Um, Weird. So, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. We don't, we don't have to drag on too much longer about it, but I think it's really, really fun, and I think it's uh, a huge surprise to me. I like it more the more I play it. 
I spent about 20 hours with, like I said, 20 to 25 hours or so. And, um, I have finished most of the content, the questing content in the first region that you're in. So now the game has breadcrumbed me to go to the kind of Chinese inspired region, uh, called Liyue. Um, it does a sort of avatar thing where the Mondstadt, the first region you're in is like the wind region and it has a wind God mm. and the, and it's a city of freedom and all this stuff. And in, and, and like no one, the God just kind of disappeared cause he doesn't really like to, to, to govern cause he's, he believes in just letting them do whatever. Is, but is, when, is, is there a lake that they bring people to? And then they say stuff like government conspiracies aren't a thing. Not quite. Okay. There are government conspiracies, although Mondstadt itself is kind of like a libertarian paradise. There's not really oh, a dear. centralized ruler. So, okay. uh, not libertarian paradise, not libertarian paradise in the awful American libertarian way, more in the nobody really rules. And because it's an anime thing, it just works out that way. And everyone's happy, uh, which is not how it works in real life when that happens. Um, but, uh, the Liwa, the God there, it's like a stone region and the God there once a year descends from the heavens to give his like predictions for the next year. And then the people basically have to work their asses off to make sure that predictions come true. Um, so it's just, it's really cool the way that the different regions are themed differently. When you go to a new region, everything sounds different. Um, mm-hmm. like all the music is different, which this game has, I've been listening to the music out of game a lot cause it's spectacular. Um, and, uh, all of this still is one shared world. There's not like, it's not like a loading screen. It's not like you're hitting a new place on a menu. You just walk there. Um, and so the sort of service game aspect is obviously they'll add new characters and new weapons for you to gotcha because of course, um, but uh, more than that, you they're adding there, there's seven, they call it the seven kingdoms. Each, each of the seven archons, the gods have a kingdom and currently in the game, there is the starting one, Mondstadt and Liwa. They haven't added any of the other ones yet. So all of that stuff is set to come down the road. They've started talking about um, the the Snechnaya, which is the Ice Kingdom. And it's, uh, it's like anime Russia. And it's ruled by the Sarista. And she's like the god of frost. Sarista. Um, wow. Yes. And they have been actively conspiring in Mondstadt, Mondstadt to try to fuck things up there. Um, if you read the graphic, the manga, which is very surprisingly good for a marketing thing, and I actually recommend people do it if they want to play the game because it gives you a lot of context. Um, they had the Fatui are from Sneshnaya, and the Fatui like kidnap children and do experiments on them, and then make them fight in an arena. So it's got some wild shit in there. Um, and, uh, it's all wrapped up in a game. That's really fun to play. It's really relaxing and just like, there's no friction. Like in, it has some weird similarities to Avengers in the way that the combat is a game of combat where you like slam buttons and dodge attacks and then you use abilities. But whereas Avengers constantly feels to me like it's like it almost like it wants you to like stop playing. (laughs) Like it's very like, Okay, you got to load in and now you got to do the fights, which are fun, but now you got to fly to another fight. Genshin Impact is a lot more um, frictionless. It just kind of goes and feels good all the time. Um, and right now they're in the honeymoon period where they're like sending you free polls every day and 
I have put a little bit of money into it uh, to get a couple of like the coin doubler kind of type things. But I feel like I'm getting pulls all the time with very little investment and that's going to dry up in like a month. So we'll see how it feels at that point. But right now it feels like it's just very much like we're having fun playing through content, getting, getting characters and stuff. Um, and I at least recommend giving it a shot to anybody who likes games like breath of the wild, because it, it, it it's, and if you're somebody who wanted to like breath of the wild, but didn't because it was systems light, um, this is a good one to try out because it has a lot more mechanics to it than breath of the wild does from a like combat perspective and progression perspective. And I think that's appealing to some people. Um, breath of the wild feels kind of directionless at times. And this definitely does not. This is like, you have a quest to go to this place on the map and then you'll do a dialogue and then you'll do some fights. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I don't know if I'm going to play that. Uh, Alex, Allison, you gonna you gonna dive into Genshin Impact? I'm kind of interested. I don't know how much time I'd play it because I, I feel like the uh, a lot of it interests me, but the whole free to play aspect is the thing that kind of keeps me away from that. If that makes sense, but i mean that that's also the reason why I'm like, oh, maybe I could just download it and give it a shot so yeah. i I really think anyone who has a passing i mean unless you actively are like, I don't like games where you run around an open world and push a button to attack unless you're like very much like, no, I only like strategy games and shooters or something, then sure, it's probably not for you but i I think anybody who it's not enough like breath of the wild that if you don't like breath of the wild you're you're not gonna like it um so I think anybody who likes open world action RPGs should try, should at least give it a download and try it. Uh, Cause it, it's, it, it doesn't ask that much of you to like, you can spend five minutes with it and go, Oh, I hate everything about the writing and the way this feels to control. I'm not going to play this anymore. Um, and it's not even really a very big game to download. So on PC, it's like 20 gigabytes or something. So it shouldn't hammer a data cap too hard. I think the big thing for me is like with gotcha stuff, I want characters that I know to like, like I I put months into like Dragon Ball Legends, the Dragon Ball fighting gotcha game uh, and like stuff like that. Like I was looking for like a one piece gotcha or something to play. But also if you come into a gotcha game late, it just kind of sucks because that's kind of where I'm at. Like right now too, is that I'm like doing if if I want to get into this game, I want to get into it now. Versus would, like in a year. So I would, yeah. Oh, sorry. I would say that for me, I had the same concern about like, I don't know these characters. Why would I care about yeah. get, getting them? Uh, reading the manga helped with that. <laughs> um, but uh, so it, it's like, I came in kind of knowing some of the characters and I was like, man, I hope I can get Diluc at some point and he's in a gotcha. But more than that, they give you f- characters to fill out your party. So you mm. don't never need the gotcha characters. So oh, yeah. you, you don't have to care about the polls really. Um, you can just kind of play it as like a, and, and they do a really good job of introducing characters through the story that are gotcha characters. So you go, wow, I really like that character. It would be cool to have them around all the time. Um, it's like you so can. it does a good job with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say that that is one reason to not play it is if you have um, 
self-control issues or any kind of like concern with gambling that that's for any gotcha game is a good reason to stay away if you if you're worried you'll dump too much money into it um they don't really do a lot they don't push you to spend money on it much um it's more like hey this is what's in this banner for this month um it doesn't say like it it never pops up with things saying hey you should buy a poll that never ever happens um it is always just you can push f3 and see the banners and there's a shop that you can buy currency in although i will say whatever platform you're gonna play on primarily i would install it and launch it there first i launched it on my phone first because i was having trouble downloading the pc client and now i have to make all purchases on my phone why won't let me buy stuff in the pc Oh. It says you have to use the device you registered. You know, like to. in a way, that's actually pretty good because that it means, is. Yeah, like your account can't be compromised and stuff. Totally. Like that. So that yep. that's, I actually pref- that's actually pretty cool. I prefer it because I have it's locked up behind my Apple account, which is you know Apple yeah. sucks in a lot of ways, but one way that they do not suck is is user security. So right. um, uh, it's it, I don't mind having to launch the app real quick if I want to buy gems, and it's also a nice way to say. I'm not just going to like open the store after and and after I've had a few beers and click the $5 buy button <laughs> because I would have to open my phone and then launch the app there and log out of it on PC and and uh, then so. maybe you have to update your phone like right. you have to update so. the app on your phone and it, it because it's a it free is a, to play it's a gotcha game the update process is a nightmare it's a it's a decent barrier you can I think purchase um you might be able to purchase stuff through their website um, not in the game without the phone by doing like a two FA thing. But anyway, it's good. You should try it. If you like open world RPGs. Uh, okay. Cause it's a pretty good one of those gotcha aside. Well, we were talking just before about star Wars and RPGs. And what if there was a star Wars RPG now? And I am playing something very akin to a star Wars RPG. But it's not it's not Star Wars. It's Final Fantasy twelve. There's no space in Final Fantasy twelve. No, but there are sky pirates. Same and that's thing. basically just a Han Solo. Uh yeah. So I I am actually further in Final Fantasy twelve than I have ever been now, and I'm still like <laughs> at the very beginning of the game. Uh when I rented it, I got stuck at like the first time. There's like a named judge. Like you fight like some Judge A and Judge B, who are just like fodder enemies, basically. And I'm but there was like a judge. A, yeah, it was a big boss, and it was Judge I don't know Grease or something. And I just couldn't beat him for judge, whatever reason. Judge, He's not hard. Judge Dread. Uh, <laughs> no, that's that's impossible. I would not be able to beat Judge Dread. No one can defeat uh, Judge Dread. And I'm gonna be the judge. Uh, but so far it's been very like a new hope uh yeah i've got you got your orphan got your sky pirates got the old grizzled veteran you got the princess you gotta save uh it's all very much in that they're doing star wars yeah you are not the first person i've heard say that final fantasy 12 is basically star wars do i need to play this game now (laughs) <laughs> like yeah, it's like i don't know it's it's fine so far i don't know why I, again i don't know why i bought this game i think i mentioned last week it was just it was on sale and i was just like if eh, you know what let's let's give it a shot people seem to really like it uh and the the fast forward mechanic is a godsend i'm playing this game basically entirely at two times speed which is uh, 
very handy because there's a lot of walking around like dungeons and just like okay i gotta run through this place there's no uh random combat in this game this is where they did away with it and you're not even like going into like uh like separate battles it's just it's basically like an mmo so you just like run up and you're like okay attacking attack 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 because uh, even like stuff like 13 which didn't have random battles still had like it broke out into a separate battle like screen yeah. and stuff uh, and then there's like i think the the system is so complicated and like over the top like the gambit system where you're setting up all your characters to like attack like with their individual like plans for each fight uh so you're like okay if anyone gets below 30 percent health i want you to cast heal and then if you're not casting heal, then you should like, you know, go down this list like, OK, attack enemies that have this with this attack. And if then if you're not doing that, then attack enemies just like normally. Yeah, you, you get, basically like, program your whole party. Yeah. And it's yeah. very overwhelming. And, mm. and you have to buy uh, you. So you're buying all your moves. So you've got the license board where you like unlock the ability to use moves. But then you have to go to a vendor and be like, yo, uh, give me that Cura. And then you just have Cura in your party. You're not like leveling up and unlocking it. Uh, like you're not, you know, learning the spell. You have to buy the spell and like buy all the items. And you're like, OK, I got to level up my accessories abilities so I can equip like a Tormine Bangle or whatever. Tourmaline Bangle. <laughs> I- uh, so it's. And so, but you can skip over like on the license board, every spot takes up like, you know, license points. So you're like, oh, well, I don't have any of the things in like sword two, but I've got a sword that is in sword three. So I can just skip sword two and unlock sword three. Uh, so that's interesting. And there's so many jobs and it's, ooh. it's, it's a cool game. But the thing that I always ran into the few times I've tried to play it, I've played it for like 10 hours once. Mm hmm as far as I've gotten is, and this is a bad criticism, so I'm not really being critical. It's more just my issue with getting into it is when you look at a game like the Witcher three, that's going to take you a long time to finish. There really aren't verbs in the Witcher three that are that unique to that game. It just deploys Mm -hmm. existing concepts really well. Um, There's the alchemy and there's the science, but really I mean, if you've done crafting and cooking in games before the alchemy is, you don't have to like, you don't have to like learn a bunch of new skills to play it. You can just kind of engage with it. Yeah. If you've played open world action RPGs, you can just kind of engage with it. The problem with stuff like final fantasy 12 is it is a finite game. And like on the other side of that, there's something like FF 14, right? That's a complex game, tons of stuff going on, but it's also an ongoing story. So if you put the time in to learn it, um, you know that you're going to have like, years of content to play the problem with something like final fantasy 12 is it's so complex and there's so much stuff to understand and you're going to master it and then you're going to finish the game mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're done now <laughs> so yeah. it's like if it's like if dark souls never had sequels or like other souls games happened um Cause you like, you're learning these, the skill set and then it's kind of like you've mastered mm-hmm. it and it's done. And obviously that's a bad criticism cause it's cool that it has a bunch of unique complex systems. That's awesome. Yeah. But it's always been a barrier for me to get into game to it and other games that have that similar issue where I don't want to learn all these systems to play a 60 hour story and then 
be done with the game because I'm not going to play the game again after that. Right. Um, So I, 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 that's been a long time struggle I've had with a lot of different JRPGs. It's there. There's also like a lot of, I don't know why I'm leveling up. Like, I'm not sure what the benefit of that is. Like, why am I level 14? Cause like license points are independent of that. And then your health is independent of that. I think unless you're getting like, health from your license board and from your levels it's there's so much going on i don't really know i wasn't paying attention for like the first like <laughs> couple hours because i was like i've played this before like you know when it came out on the ps2 yeah. <laughs> and now i'm but now i'm past where i got stuck before and because i only ever rented i never owned it and so now i'm like okay now i'm paying attention and i'm crossing this like giant sand sea on these like kind of like oil tanker like things. And I was like, Oh, well there's this whole big area in the middle that I didn't go to, but I I could like go forward or I could just like go off into this zone that I didn't touch because it looks real big. And I went in and then I, there was this big like yellow orb that just kind of floated along. I was like, I guess I'll fight it. And then I was just like, (laughs) zero damage, zero damage. Oh, I'm dead. (laughs) And my save is like, 45 minutes ago or whatever that sucks yeah okay great i guess i won't do that again (laughs) (laughs) yeah some of that stuff's really cool but it's just it's it's a tough like how much do you want to invest in yeah like i've never i've heard people say the story is good but it's not the like people don't talk about it in like hushed tones you know it's so it's it's hard for me to want to invest that our, much time into learning. our own uh sam harrison says it is his favorite final fantasy game uh i believe he says it is the best final fantasy game i don't know i feel like I a lot of people that, have but... gotten a lot more fond of it especially with the um newer version and as the, time the, goes on yeah the fast forward the makes it really good yeah. and yeah the fast forward makes it really good i guess the the job system that they took from the Japanese international version uh, is much better because mm. you can you can assign anyone to any job, uh, but obviously different people have like different skills. So like some people have higher combo speeds and some people have lower health and higher mana pools uh, by default. So you know you want to take that into account. So I'm just using a guide for that stuff because I'm like I don't I don't it know seems- I don't want to you know troubleshoot myself. It seems like the kind of thing I could see it being like, well, it's April. I didn't really get into any of the big March releases. It's going to be a month or two at least before another big game comes out. Sure, I'm going to try this. And the problem is that I have like 30 or 40 games like that sitting in my Steam Uh library already. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so this is not a game I think anyone needs to run out and play, but it is, like I said, it's, it's Star Wars. Yeah, Very and hearing you talk so. about it makes me go like, that sounds cool. I would like to play that someday. But I also know that the mm-hmm. odds that I'll actually get to it and finish it. Like, I could buy it right now and play it for four hours tonight. Yeah. But will I to play it end. for... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> will you play it for 80 hours? Yeah. They did fix what I think is one of the stupidest things I have ever heard um, about like a Final Fantasy game. It, and this kind of is... Uh, reminiscent of the issues you were talking about with one of the trails games where you missed like a, a 
a quest. You didn't talk to someone in like a pub in like a five minute window. And then you can't just get one of the best weapons in the game or whatever. Oh yeah. The trails games are rotten. The early trails games are rotten with that yeah. shit. It's hilarious and actually. In final fantasy 12, uh, in the original, there were certain chests throughout the game that you could not open. If you opened a single one of these chests, you could not get like the best weapon in the game. And they're, they're not marked in any way. They're just scattered about. Uh, and they, they did away with that in the Zodiac and age. I don't know if it was the international version too, I, but at least in this new version, they have like alternate ways. I understand the impetus to like, when I was complaining about it with in trails, it has a thing where there's like a series of books you have to collect and you get one, the first two volumes you have a chance to buy in the second chapter, but otherwise you get one chance to talk to specific background NPCs that are just milling about in random places and they're available. Like the, the third volume is like you're in a bar at one point talking to a story character and there's a character in the background sitting at the bar and if you don't talk to that character before you leave the bar, you won't get the volume and you can't just walk back inside and get it. If you walk back inside, he's gone. And if you don't talk to him in that moment, you can't get the best weapons in the game for two characters. And there are eight volumes of this thing and they're all like that. And like, not, I'm not trying to dunk on Sam because yeah. I love Sam, but Sam was like, well, it's a game where you have to talk to everyone. And I was like, fuck that. That is so not... <laughs> I am refusing to talk to everybody in Final Fantasy XII. Well, I mean, they're I'm just running by, and there's all these people, and they all have like little things, like, "Oh, you can talk to this person," but they say nothing of value. Yeah, that's the thing with Trails is you can talk to every NPC in Trails in the Sky, which I've been playing, you know, in chunks because mm-hmm. I like it a lot. Overall, I like it, but uh, I'm not gonna. Most of the NPCs, when you talk to them, they're like, "It sure is beautiful today." One time, I was on the causeway, and a monster attacked me, and then. I went home and my mother was sad, but I was safe. And so therefore, and they'll tell the story that's like eight pages of dialogue long and it doesn't fucking mean anything. And then they'll be like, you can read about it in this book. And that's what you had to do to get the, 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 the ultimate weapons. And it's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not talking to all these people. They don't have anything interesting to say. The story is interesting and the writing is very good, but it's the NPCs. It's as much, as you would get stopping somebody on the street and asking them how they're feeling about the weather in real life. And like, I'm not going to do that in that game. No, like, uh, yeah, final fantasy. There are like side quests you can get by talking to people, but I make me the problem with, with trails in the sky. I won't make this all about that, this game, but you also transfer your save through trails in the sky, one, two, and three. So, Failing to talk to someone at hour 10 in Trails in the Sky 1 will mean that you don't have a thing that you might want in hour 30 of Trails in the Sky chapter, like the third game, which you're now 140 hours into the series and you go, fuck, it's like, I can't believe (laughs) they did that. Is there a a save editor you can use? So I'm going to look into that. I might cheat cheat to get the books that I missed because I think that that system is bullshit. And you don't need the stuff that you miss to see the story. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, (laughs) I didn't check the quest board before I left the first region. And you can never go back after that. So I missed a quest. So I can never get the max rank for the like Bracers Guild. Fun times. It's like... (laughs) 
I've started keeping a save and playing with a guide so that I don't miss stuff, but that's not really how I want to play that game. I just kind of want to explore just, it. I have just linked uh, Trails in the Sky save editor to the group chat. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, I'll fuck with that then, because uh, I wouldn't care if you didn't transfer your saves. It's the save transfer mm-hmm. from game to game that I'm like, it's cool that this exists, but also you're going to punish yeah. me for forgetting to talk to an NPC in the third hour of the first game in the third game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's ridiculous. What are you a casual? Apparently. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of people who aren't casuals, Allison. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I'm not a casual. Uh, Yay. No, no um, not today. Not today. <laughs> the, the, you are the most hardcore gamer on the podcast. I bestow this title upon you. Oh, I don't know if I like that, but okay, I'll take it. You are you are the podcast Billy Mitchell and the most hardcore gamer. No, I, not again. No, don't. <laughs> That's still so mean. I think you've complete. I mean, you've cleared Hades more times than I have, which makes you harder twice? core than me. Yeah, I've only cleared it once. Oh. <laughs> twice? I was like, it's still twice. Yeah. So I did Hades- think maybe you had cleared it more times than that since I last heard an update no, from you. But. No, I've, I've gotten so, so close. Uh, yesterday, I was like, I was literally one hit away from defeating Hades, uh, like the the boss Hades. And then I got, I died and I was, I like yelled very loudly yes. in my apartment I would get really <laughs> because upset I was like that. I was like so close to getting that third clear and I didn't get it anyways what, what, I'm what still weapon was a lot it with? of Hades huh what weapon was it with what were you rocking uh bow Kornacht. uh which is like I feel like I really I really love the bow if I have the right loadout and I had yeah. a really good loadout with that bow um, because bow plus chain lightning is like part my favorite. Um, is it weird to anybody else that the hammer isn't like Hephaestus and like Hephaestus ain't like, Hey, what's up? Here's my hammer. That there's no awkward dialogue. It's like, so I see you met Aphrodite. That's kind of weird considering we, we have a history She's technically my wife. But <laughs> That'll be the deal. You're, not, see. you're not looking at my naked wife, are you? Well, <laughs> that's, that's every, every, every interaction. <laughs> that's that's the every interaction with. Uh, and you're just like, Vices, are you or, okay? Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm really not. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean, Titleist is still cool. I don't know. It's it is interesting, but yeah, it's. Um, Hades is good. I I still play it like every day, even after I got that first clear. So I just want that true ending so bad. But it's it's still really fun to play too. Nine times, really? I thought it was ten times. Yeah, I I saw nine. Maybe oh. I think it's I think the tenth time is the true ending. Maybe and mm. but you have to beat it nine times. Oh, so nine get, nine get clears the- and then the tenth run is. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you yeah. Get the true I didn't look. I didn't look super deep into it. I just looked up how do you get the true ending, and it said nine. Oh, me times. too. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I did too, and then I saw that, and I was like, that many? 
I've only gotten two. I thought like once per weapon or something, but no, apparently not. That's what I was wondering about, which uh, oh, good. I actually got remarkably close with the gun the other day, yesterday, and I was like, because that's my the worst gun rules. weapon. It's, I we Everyone disagrees on what the best weapon is, and that's one of the best things about the game. Yeah, well, and the, the thing is, is like, that's like my least favorite weapon, but it still feels, um... Like feasible, like it still feels like okay. I I have the skills to uh make it work, or, and, and and like I I still like it. It's just I just don't want like the reload. I feel a lot more constrained by my boons with the gun, like the gun and the sword. I'm like yes. okay, this is gonna be depend entirely on what boons I get. Where right. as with the for me with the bow or the shield or the uh, the spear, I'm like okay, I can whatever. I can make like, this work. Yeah, my yeah. my technical skill with this weapon is enough that I can make it up. Whatever boon situation I can make work. Yeah. Whereas uh, with the with the gun, it's again I, I rely on that chain lightning. <laughs> Chain lightning carries me through a lot of uh, sketchy um, encounters in in Hades because that is that is my fave. But um, but yeah, no, I, I I'm still playing it. I don't know if I have much more to say than it rules, and I still I love it. And I keep thinking like, oh, am I going to play another game? And then I just play another run of Hades, and I go, okay, no, I'm not. Nice. Yeah. Um, I also put, like, a single hour into um, Shin Megami Tensei Devil Survivor for 3DS. That's a good uh, this, Yeah. No, I've heard, I've heard really good things about it, and I've been really wanting to get into the non-Persona Megami Tensei games. So, um... There's a lot to like there. I, yeah, I, I have a couple... I, I have a few of them, because they go on sale on the 3DS eShop all the time, and I'm like... Oh, I should buy that, and then and so now my 3ds is is a has a lot of um, SMT games on it. But it, it's it's one of those things where I I really uh, considering how much I loved Persona Three and Persona Five, and uh, I still need to go back to do Persona Four. But considering how much I love those games, I really need to get more into the uh, other subseries and then um, mainline Shimagami Tensei. So. I try, trying to do that. I highly recommend playing that SMT three remaster that's coming out next year. Yeah, I've heard I, I've heard such good things about Nocturne. It is People really freak out about Nocturne. It's really good. It is maybe my favorite SMT game. It has stuff in it <laughs> that is not the best. Like there's some stereotypes and stuff in it that you kind of have to go in knowing. No. Oh, it's, so it's an Atlas so it's, game. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. Say, I was like, this is the stuff but, that you have to deal with liking Atlas games where but, you're like. I feel like they tr- at least poorly try to couch some of that stuff now. Like they like acknowledge that some people don't like it, even if they don't actually do anything materially to fix it. This is before they were even like, wait, people don't yeah. like stereotypes and caricatures. So you do have to know that. And maybe they'll make some changes for the remaster. I highly doubt they will because they sure, sure as fuck didn't fix Catherine. Um, 
Yep. Uh, so, uh, just keep know... wanting to get Catherine. Yeah. Her body, but I'm like, no, I can't do that. But I liked the original Catherine a lot. So, so I think though Nocturne is very fucking cool and very much worth yeah. playing. It's very dark. It is the dark, which says something that it is the darkest of the SMT games that I have played, and they are already quite dark. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like like Persona Four, Three, Four, and Five are very dark, but they're also like. But also, you're going around the city with your friends and doing social links, so there's some levity in between the moments of of despair. Nocturne is like, actually, the apocalypse has happened. Everything's fucked. People are dying. This the world is like a shit, and we're basically hanging on by the skin of our teeth, trying to like survive. World um, is a fuck. Eight trillion yes. dead cops, etc. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the thing, the, yeah, the the thing that's been kind of interesting with Devil Survivor is story wise, it's basically like, hey, uh, stuff is going on in Tokyo, and we're having a lockdown, and I'm like, oh boy, this is a, an interesting game in, to play in this year yeah. of 2020. Um, so it, it's, I'm interested to see where the story goes with that. Um, the other thing that I think is really interesting, and I'm I'm interested. That's what, one of the reasons that I'm kind of interested in doing a full uh, playing uh, a bunch of different things in in this series is that this is a strategy RPG mm-hmm. uh, in addition to being uh, like just an RPG. So um, it, it it's a lot of the strategy, um, like the top the basic. Um, Battle mechanics feel kind of fire emblemy, and then you get into a battle, and then it's like, oh no, this is also Megami Tensei. So it's 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 I'm interested to see where that goes as well. But yeah, like I said, I've only put like an hour into it, so. Well, uh, and nice to know I'm not the only one who is shirking new games. (laughs) Just to play old RPGs, yeah. I, I did. I have encountered the the Gippers in Wasteland Three, uh, which is the Reagan worshipping cult, uh, where it's just a bunch of women named Nancy. Oh, mm-hmm. like, they all just they, they all adopt the name Nancy. Um, That's and, pretty good. Like I won't go into super detail, but the first thing that I saw happen was uh, they were delivering justice to a communi- communist robot who was like, "I'm here to heal the people." And then there's like some cult person who is like, yeah, I took this person and I strung him up on a kite and I just like let him up into the air to sacrifice to our God. And Reagan was like communist, communist and blew up the robot, but let the cult guy go. It's like, oh, I'm going to spare you. Uh, so I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to side with those communist robots. There you go. And, and kill the Reagan AI. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so that's Wasteland 3. It's it's still uh, the kind of political catharsis I need right now. Uh, but Alex, well, what's up with you? Oh, not much, man. How are you? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. What's up, Pat? Oh, your no, audio got you're... really quiet for a, for a split second, but it's fine now. So. Oh, okay. Hi. No, it's all good. How are you, homie? Uh, well, you know, uh, I feel it. <laughs> so do you want to hear about a game or do you want to hear about a show that both Allison and I might have some passion for? 
Yeah, and then Pat watched. I did. I watched it yesterday. And that did what? Fuck it. Let's jump into that. So Higarashi is a thing. I think we've oh. talked about it on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Probably. Multiple several, times. Several yeah. times. Well, yeah. we definitely have because I played. Yeah. Um, you played Zaconia. Oh, God. Yes, uh, oh, yeah, thank Was you. Was that the one with the kids at the school and the heads and the the V, the. They're at the school and they all the, have the, the, the supercomputers and yeah. they're like photoshopping yeah. their teacher. Okay. Exactly. That's what I was, I was, I was going to, I was trying to think of what you were going to turn that into. Say there are kids at the school in Higarashi also. Yeah. There are yeah. kids at the school in Higarashi. Um, so yeah, like we've talked about that for years because uh, it's in terms of anime, it's probably one of the ones that has been most formative for me in terms of stuff I just like. Now, oh, in terms same. of in terms of all media, um, like uh, specifically the second season and what it does, and the way it just like it is a complete deconstruction, and it is it does so gloriously, and it's not like dumb. It's extremely smart, and every single question you could possibly have about the first season and the start of the second season, it answers, and it's like, oh, huh. That is like the best self-contained piece of media I've ever seen um, or read, like if you went for the visual novel side of things. So when it was announced that they were doing a remake, like the first season again with good art, because the first season of Higurashi don't look it's, so hot. It didn't yeah, look so I hot at the time. Fine, <laughs> but it's like, it's, it's not necessarily, you know... It's it, it, yeah. It's 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 not great. It's I think it's fine, but it's not like you don't look at it and go, oh, them them graphics. Yeah, like <laughs> um, it was from like what two thousand six or seven somewhere around there. And yeah, two thousand six. And it was a studio with no budget, so like yeah, the, the the visuals aren't great. The animation isn't great, but the voice acting and music and everything in the story are what you're there for, and the atmosphere. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, the fact that you're getting that same story and atmosphere and music and all that now with like a good cohesive visual style that's actually kind of like pleasant and modern is awesome. But it's yeah. it's not even just a shot for shot remake of the original. Like, no, the, which is exciting. Yeah, like there's a couple spots where they're making direct references to the original. Like the very first scene with the camera angles that they're using and like you can see the light in the on the roof in the background and stuff like that. It's like, yep, that's exactly like it yeah. was. Yeah, like the, 10 that years showed ago. up and I was like, yep, that's that's a Higurashi. Yeah. And is this more like a, a Final Fantasy Seven remake? Uh, I don't think of it's Higurashi? that. It's no. it's like okay. it's more of a straight standard remake, I think. But but then there was the post credit sequence that was like that's a little different, yeah. Yeah. I want to talk. It was Samuel Jackson showed up and he said, yeah, "I want to exactly. talk to you about the Higurashi Initiative." <laughs> I, I think I want to watch the original now because it seemed like I would like to know why the the post credit sequence is interesting. You know, like that's sort of if they're going to keep doing stuff like that, I'm interested to know why both. Alex and I were like, oh shit. Yeah, because when I saw yeah. that, I was like, mm hmm, mm hmm. This well, is definitely weird. Uh, the thing I've really enjoyed is going on communities like Reddit and stuff. And first, yeah. t- first time watchers who have never seen the original and don't know what's going on, seeing them speculate and come up with theories I'm of so, like, yeah. what's going on so with this character and that character? That. It's and, exciting. Yeah. 
Like we I haven't even it's... gotten to the meaty stuff of the show after the first episode. Like we haven't even got to Oyashiro Sama's curse. We haven't gotten mm-hmm. to the festival. We haven't got to any they, of that they, stuff. They, they briefly mentioned the festival and I was just like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. you're mentioning yeah. the festival. That is important. I think without, uh, <laughs> without, <laughs> without, I um, I, I mean, it is, but <laughs> unless they were completely redoing the thing, but coming story, at it. Yeah. Coming at it from the um, from the perspective of someone who hasn't watched before is, I'm I'm definitely like this is intriguing and interesting, but it's also like I want to understand why you both like it so much, you know. Um, and I think like because it's a big story, it's hard to get that from one episode um, because it's good. And I would certainly say like if you like horror, it seems like it's the thing that that. Um, very minor spoilers for the first episode. I won't say like the stuff that happens, but the thing that caught that, that, that grabbed me, like the early stuff is fine. The writing's fine. The characters are charming enough um, and cute and stuff. But there's a moment where like things get weird for a second, about halfway into the episode. And it was an, it, like, there's a character who's like, says some fucked up stuff. And that I was sort of not surprised by because it's obviously horror. Like the opening scene is very violent and, um, and disturbing. Oh, but yeah. then it, it, it sets its tone immediately, which yep. I like that level of disturbing for sure. I think sometimes I give off that, that I don't, but I actually, the thing I don't talk about on this podcast very much is I really like horror and I like some very fucked up horror. So mm-hmm. there are some specific triggers that for me oh, have to be handled you, you, in a perfect way, but I trust both of you. If they go into some of that stuff that it is handled in a way that I won't find revolting. No, um, uh, so, so here's something that I found really interesting about this anime, like even 10, 15 years ago, again, I don't even remember how long ago it was that I watched it, but, um, yeah, I like, watched it at least like 13 years ago because I watched yeah. it when I, I watched it when I was in high school and I watched it on old country roll back when country roll was still a pirate website. When it was illegal. Yeah. I think it was the yeah. same for me actually. So some around the same time, but regardless, it presents itself as one male character surrounded by like a bunch of women characters. Right. And it can go, which, which you immediately are like, Oh, harem. It's going to get creepy. Yeah. And like, those were popular at the time, like the harem, Mm -hmm. harem, harem, whatever you want to pronounce it. But like that, those styles of anime were very popular at the time. And you're like, Oh, this is going to be one of those, isn't it? Where he's trying to get with all the ladies, but you're like creeped out out because like Rika's like a kid and you're like, no. And Satoko's a kid. And you're like, no, thank you. But, but it's not that at all. In fact, yeah. the women the women are like the most powerful people in that entire show. I, in most, I would certainly thousand percent. I would have that those alarm bells for sure. If it, if I didn't have the recommendation from both of you, if I just sat down and watched that episode, even with the weird stuff, I would have been like, "Ooh, is this going to go to a place I don't like?" But yeah. I trust both of you with like, recommendations to to like to 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 not <laughs> guide someone to that kind of junk. Without yeah. a very clear disclaimer, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, sorry, go for it, please, Pat. The the moment for me where that I was sold and I was like, maybe I need to watch the first one is the delivery of the the. There's a character. They're they're basically at a junkyard, and I'll I mm-hmm. won't say too much specifics, but there's a character that they run into, and that character says a weird fucked up thing to the sort of main character, and I was like, yeah, okay, that's creepy and good, and I like that, but <laughs> there's a theme in the first episode where he then asks other characters about an event and they're like oh it's yeah it happened it's not a big deal and then he's like but like nothing violent happened right and they're like no 
And then it just like, it's so good the way they, they do like a hard cut to zoom in on their face and the character says nothing happened. And then it cuts back and it's like really, really jarring. Yeah. It's very jarring. scary. They they cut out all the music. Like there's no more background sounds and it's just their voice. And then it cuts back to normalcy. It's great. And it only lasts like a split second and they respond very tersely. And it actually like was scary when that happened and in it almost like a jump scare way, but not because it's not loud. It's not like a big, like something jumping out at you, but it's like so jarring. And that was the thing that for me shift. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why, like, um, you mentioned that it was a little bit of a slow start, which I I definitely agree, which is fine too. Um, But the same same thing is that that it's really necessary because like rewatching this and all the characters showing up, I, w- I had this like visceral reaction, not of like, oh no, this shit's going to go down. It was more of like, oh yay, my friends are back. And then I'm oh, like, totally. So- and it's like, I should not feel that way knowing what I know. But at the same time, like, uh, like it, it, it oh, really absolutely. bridges that feeling of like, oh, I genuinely love these characters and want good things for them versus, uh, but that's not how it's going to be. Yeah. So. And, like something that you're probably missing from all this, Pat, is the fact that they have all of the original voice cast back from the original. Like, yeah, the, like which that's great. First run, which, so it's that like, makes me want to remember. watch the first one more too. <laughs> yeah, I didn't remember. Uh, I think I, I think I saw that before, but I didn't remember it. So uh, when the one character Satoko laughs, I was like, "Oh my god, they got Satoko right!" And I'm like, "Oh, it's it's the it's, that's actually her." Cast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Well, and that's the thing too is that I mean, like the original animation is not great, but it feels like between that and between bringing the original opening theme song back." Oh that, God! Yeah, which was the best moment. It, and I Pat, out. again, you probably don't get that. The song they play at the very end is the opening music from the original show. That's cool. Yeah, but it's like it shows. It feels like it feels very much like they loved the original and are like, "Hey, we love the original. You love the original. We just want to make it it like a better version." but still like bring back the things that you loved. And I'm like all for it. It looks totally watchable too. Like, I mean the, the little bits I'm trying not to pull up anything that might be too spoilery, but um, the little bits that I'm looking at, I clearly it's a big improvement, this new one, but it doesn't look like something I would find like unwatchable by any means. So don't worry too much about spoilers (laughs) because much like Bioshock Infinite or Near Automata or original Near, it's hard to spoil it in like one sentence. Sure. Oh, yeah. it one hundred percent is, and like you could probably see some of the more in, like like famous or infamous scenes and still not know what's yeah. going on. Well, I mean, and yeah. it's obvious that there's things like uh, obviously. Um, there was a bad thing that there, yeah. And there was a bad thing that happened in the past and there's going to be violent murders that happen, uh, over the course of the show with various, um, blunt and edged implements. Uh, and that (laughs) the girl characters are probably the ones that are going to do most of the killing. Um, and so like some of that is like obviously foreshadowed. Um, so this is kind of a spoiler, but I'll try and, couch it in a way that is not spoilery so only Allison and listeners who have seen Higurashi get it 
I've just realized that there's a scene I'm dreading seeing animated with this new high fidelity art style, and that's where Rika is holding a knife. If you know what I'm talking yes. about, that's going to be extremely fucked up in this new art style. It definitely oh, seems shit. like <laughs> there's it, basically this. The reason that I'm into it is that it gives me similar vibes to something like Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh, oh in, yeah. this 100 percent inspired Doki Doki Literature. Yes. It, it and definitely that, had to. That is that is a um, DDLC is still one of my favorite pieces of anime horror, um, and so I think that I'll probably like it for that for that reason because. Um, I like fucked up stuff. I just like it to actually be good. <laughs> yeah. The problem with and a lot of horror is that it's fucked up for the sake of being fucked up, and that sucks. And I, I will. S- oh, sorry. Go for it. Don't, I don't think that it's fucked up for the sake of being fucked up. No, it doesn't There's seem like it's so far. There's definitely elements that are fucked up. Like, let's be clear. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's. I, I feel like it's more than that. So. Um, yeah. And yeah. I'll, I'll say this last thing, and then we can move on, because otherwise we could talk about Higurashi for yeah, a yeah. year. But like. The whole season isn't even out. This is the first episode. <laughs> um, but the thing about it is, and if you go back and watch the original, you'll probably get four episodes in and be like, what? And then stop. Like, that's actually what happened to me the first time I watched it. Oh, I was like, yeah. I'm like, what? What is even? Ugh, this is stupid. And then I kind of stopped it and came back. I was like, okay, fine. Let's see what's happening. And then kept going and kept going and watched it all in like a day. Because I was yeah. like, oh, Oh, like I am and actively considering going and just rewatching it because I, I love it. But I do, um, I do too. I I've rewatched it within the past two years. So oh, me too. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think it it the the whole first like I've alluded to it before. The whole first season is basically a prequel to the second season, and it looks yeah. like the whole both seasons are available on High Dive. So um, oh, really? And they have it. Yeah, I know that I have a High Dive. They have. Yeah. Yeah, they have that they uh, because that that's one of the biggest issues I was going to say is with is that a lot of places don't have the second season, which is this appears to have the second unless this is like some kind of gotcha and it's like they just have episode descriptions or something on here. Uh, it I is a gotcha. In. You got to put in a quarter, and you get <laughs> every time you episodes. watch an episode. That's yeah. funny. You got you uh, get you got one star episodes. You got five star episodes. Lol. Uh, I am logging I'm, into my high dive account to. I'm going to start a trial and I think I'm going to watch it there. Cause I would like to watch the, the, the nice thing about watching it in simulcast is one of the struggles I have with watching shows is like, we still haven't watched the fucking Witcher, which is my partner's favorite video <laughs> game series of all time. And yeah. I, it is Witcher three is one of my favorite games of all time. We haven't watched it because it's, you have to set aside 10 hours to watch it. And that's like, that's hard for us to do because we have so many games and, board games and and food and stuff that we want to make and do and if you, play. But if you so. think about it, it's 10 hours of watching Henry Cavill's no, it sounds, absolutely muscular ass yes, wearing down I, leather pants for 10 hours. I want to do, let's be clear, um, wearing down leather pants and wearing down a lot of other things oh. is something that I want to watch Henry Cavill do. However, it's still hard to set aside 10 hours for a thing. However, so my point is, it was very easy for me to say, like, especially because with Xbox uh, Game Pass Ultimate, you get two months of Funimation right now. It was very easy for me to say, like, yeah, I'm working on a menial work task that I can do in the background for 20 minutes while I watch this episode. Um, that's, like, very easy to set aside that time once a week to find 20 minutes to watch something. So, um, obviously, um, trying to watch seasons one and two will be a larger chunk, but I can. Uh, I can confirm that Kai is on high dive. So I will probably be doing the rewatch also at some point. Yeah. 
I have a I, lot of. I know what I'm doing some for some of this weekend. Yeah. I have a, I have a, a bunch of work to do this weekend, so I'm gonna throw it on while I talk to people about work junk. Yeah. Anyways, Higurashi's great, uh, and it seems like this remake is going to be a very loving recreation of it. So people yeah, should watch it if exciting. they have any interest. And um, like Pat said, if you want to watch it, it's on Funimation, which if you have an Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscription, you've got two free months of that. So yep. you can go watch it yep, for the new one. Wow. High Dive's only five bucks a month. That's good. Yeah. It's actually been pretty good, except for sometimes it crashes. But other than that, High Dive is all oh, right. Yeah. That's where I watched Legend of the Galactic Heroes. <laughs> Very cool. Well, maybe I will actually maintain an account and watch some of that also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good. Um but anyways, now getting away from one of the best shows of all time, uh, let's talk about a video game again. Um, so, More anime. Yeah. Um, I was recommended 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim by one Sam Harrison. Um, he is a member of the Gaming Fix podcast family. He is British. Who's that? Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. I'm joking. Father of of baby Todd Howard. (laughs) Yes, yes. You may know him as. Anyways, he recommended this game saying very specifically that I should play it and also probably Allison should play it and said nothing else. And I was like, okay, I'll go in without any spoilers because I don't even know what it's about. Um, And I talked about it very briefly last week at the very end of the episode saying I was like, yeah, I'm an hour in. It's not catching me so far. Um, I'm now about five hours in, a little over maybe, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. which brings me into the first chapter um, because the first two or or three hours were the quote unquote tutorial, um, which had like six chapters and then like that's a whatever you want to call it. Each chunk has six chapters and then you're into the next chunk. So I'm in the next chunk. Um, And it is... A very time travely kind of science fiction weirdness thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, which is probably the best description I'm going to be able to give it without directly comparing it to other things. Um, it's essentially a visual novel in terms is of. It, is it back to the future time travel or is it like Avengers Endgame time travel? It's like Terminator 2 time travel. Okay. Um, and they make very specific references to Terminator 2, <laughs> like within the game. <laughs> um, okay. They also make very explicit references to novels like War of the Worlds and stuff like that. Within how, how nude are these time travelers? Very. Um, oh, okay. So what happens is there's time travel, but there's also mechs. And these, these, Kids, like they're high school kids basically, because you know, Japanese anime y kind of stuff. Um, they get into their mechs, and it's kind of like a Pacific Rim situation where they're becoming one with their mech and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but for whatever reason, when they manifest within it, they're naked. Uh, that has yet to be explained. I have some theories as to why, because I'm not sure if everything is actually happening in the real world or if they're. You know, if there's right. a matrix, going are you going to be, here. are you going to be ashamed of your words and deeds when you fully understand what's happening? Probably. I'm probably going to go back to this and be like, wow, yeah, I had that all wrong. Uh, but that also 
is one of its strengths is it's very twisty and turvy and uh, some of the stuff it does is unexpected in a way where I was like, Oh, okay, that's cool. That, that goes against the tropes. It seems like you're setting up. So, um, the story has gotten way more interesting. Um, it essentially, like I said, it's like time travel and mechs and there's 13 main characters basically that you're kind of watching their interweaving stories and how they relate to each other and how they affected each other in different timelines basically and how those timelines are coming back and like merging and stuff like there are flow charts in this game like when you get to a chapter and you hit square uh it opens up a flow chart for all the various avenues you can explore dang um, i do need to play this game <laughs> so that flow was flow charts oh boy <laughs> oh see it, it just gives me uh um 999 like, uh, games. Yeah. zero yeah. escape vibes yeah. Um, so it does have a bit of that. And so one thing I think is really appealing about it that I didn't, again, didn't know going in because I went in blind. So you know that animation and art style that goes on in Danganronpa during its cutscenes that's like mm-hmm. really unique and like it only shows up yeah. in those cutscenes and you see it and you're like, oh, this is like visual catnip. The whole yeah. game looks mm-hmm. like that. Like this oh, whole game shit. looks like that and is animated like that just as you're controlling and as you're moving around. It's like that kind of cut out e expressive style with like really contrasting colors and stuff. Uh, it's really smooth. It's actually really beautiful when you like, you could take screenshots of that game and it, like, you'd be like, wow, that's stunning. Um, mm-hmm. So those parts of it are wonderful. And then it also has like an RTS part to it where you're controlling the mechs and like, you're saying like, okay, I'm going to, uh, there's like, 40 enemies over here and I have these abilities that can hit the ones on the ground but not the ones on the air. So what am I going to do? I'm going to send this mech over here and this mech over here, blah, 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 blah. Like you're going through these and the RTS sections, the the tutorial ones were meh, I would say. Like the first five, I would say were meh. And then after that, it got way more interesting. And now the RTS is actually pretty cool. Um, It's... I don't want to say it's mechanically like super dense. It's not like a command and conquer or Starcraft or anything like that. Uh, but there's enough system interaction to where it's actually, you can do some pretty creative stuff in like, you can come up with your own like builds if you want to think of it that way and experiment with them, see if they work and then they do. And you're like, Oh shit. Cool. So, um, yeah. Um, my opinion has gotten way more positive on it since last week. Uh, now the story is in a place where I'm like, okay, yeah, I want to see what happens with these characters. Um, I also don't want to talk about it because I don't know what spoilers yet because I haven't finished it. Uh, it seems like it's about a 30 hour game. And if I'm about five and a half hours in, I might be able to finish it this week. Maybe. Um, but yeah, do y'all have any questions about it that I can answer in a non-spoilery way? Do you still think, uh, do you think that, um, Sam saying I should play it is correct? For where I've gotten to, I would say maybe yes. Okay. I, I don't know if I would say definitive yes. Um, right. Like it, it does have some nonary game stuff to it, but it's not as puzzly. Right. Uh, and like the stuff you're doing for the fractured timeline kind of uh, flowchart stuff is good, but not like the smoothest. 
like you're having to go back to checkpoints and sometimes to get to one flowchart you can't just like skip through the dialogue you actually have to go through the steps and do it do it do oh. it and then get mm. there which i'm like eh that kind of sucks like it'd be nicer to just fast forward through some of the dialogue but other than that it's yeah it's pretty good like that's that's a thing that visual novels have solved like the nonary games are good about that stuff where you can fast forward through everything you've already experienced and then as soon as yep. you get to something new or like a choice then it's like okay we're gonna then stop it, yeah mm-hmm. you yep. do the new thing okay now you can't fast forward yeah anymore. that that made playing through um some of the the zero escape games really good because you're like okay skip and then it gets to a new dialogue and you go yep. and you can watch so, it pretty yeah quickly yeah, same with like Steins Gate and stuff, where you are going yeah. through different timelines. Like, uh, it did it a little better than this, but I will say it's not the 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 way that the flowcharts kind of like split up and the points at which they do it are usually pretty early, and then from then on is when stuff changes. So you don't you're only having to go through like one or two minutes of button mashing at mm, most, mm-hmm. like at very most. So it, it's not the worst, but it's you know it could be better, but whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna try and finish it. Uh, it's it's been more interesting than I expected. Pat, you were okay. away for all of this, but Thirteen Sentinels seems pretty cool so far, actually. From Good. where, well, I, where I was pretty where I was pretty cool on it at the start. I was pretty hot on picking it up and trying it because Necrobarista has me like really enjoying that. Has me want to play more visual novels. Um, the only thing holding me back right now is time rather than lack of interest. But, and so I was like, well, I have Steins Gate sitting on my switch um, that I could be playing. And I have um, the Danganronpa games that are on mm-hmm. my, that I, that I could play, be mm-hmm. playing on steam. So I have ones I could be playing, but Sentinels 13 Sentinels is maybe like a new one that I would want to get into, but I really don't like the visual style of the characters when they run around. <laughs> That's so funny. We were just talking about how I love the visual style. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I just don't get it. I think, I don't know. Um, I like the art that I've seen of them talking like in the visual novel sequences, but like literally the, like in the trailers, the running around the way that they move and animate just does not look like, does not look good to me. And then the other thing that I saw that was gave me pauses it has the like RTS mechanic thing and those battles seem bad. Like they seem like filler. Yeah. And again, we and, talked about exactly that while you stepped away yeah, I and, the sh- and the short version is it starts meh, but then it gets pretty, uh, the systems get pretty interesting and that's good. With each other uh, in good ways. I saw a very early battle, I think. Um, cause I, yeah, I took me a while to find some gameplay. They suck. It looked like, like, like actively bad, like, like, like stuff yeah. that you would wish you could just skip. Um, yep. and so that That's, was why I was like, Ugh, I don't know, but hearing that the story is good and that those, I mean, I know that that's never the focus of the game necessarily the, the, the battles, but hearing that they get better is enough that maybe I'll, I'll slot it in somewhere because I like Vanillaware. That was where this was going mm-hmm. is that I, I like, uh, dragon's crown and, um, what was it was Odin Sphere was the other one they yeah, did, right? Odin Sphere. Yeah. And Odin I like Sphere Life Lifeler. Yeah, I love Odin Sphere. Odin Sphere is fucking rad. Um so uh I would like to support their newest game and try it. Um but yeah. If if Pat is liking Higarashi, should he play the Nonary games? Is there like a correlation mm-hmm. there? 
I mean, I think that people should, but I don't know if there's a correlation. Yeah, I don't think they're that okay. related. I would okay. like to play the nonary games at some point. Um, again, so this, I don't mean to always bring it back to this because this is clearly, this is purely a taste thing and there's nothing objective about it at all. But I don't like the art in Danganronpa, and I don't like the art in the Nonary games very much. Uh, the the uh, first one, I was like, I I hate this. It's very like it upsets me. the uh, The style is very uh, off putting. I thought. Really? One of, oh, uh, dang. Like, like <laughs> I don't I, agree. There's like some, there's some, I mean. there's something like uncom- There's something uncomfortable about the way they're drawn. Uh, which works for like that style of game, but it was just like, like there's something off here. I guess I don't know. It wasn't what I was expecting, uh, um, but, and also it was upresed from like a PSP. So, uh, or, yeah. One of the reasons that I like Higurashi so far, and then I will, I think I'll be fine with the animation. The original one is the general style that they go for. I think is appealing. So, um, that's part of why it's easy for me to to stick with it. Um. Whereas, yeah, the, the Danganronpa in particular, Nonary games to a lesser degree, but Danganronpa in particular, I really dislike the, the character art in that game. But that's, again, it's a taste thing. It's subjective. Interestingly, I can actually draw a pretty direct comparison between Higurashi and 13 Sentinels in that um, the thing, this is, this is a fun thing to wrap these two back up and then we can, we can move on because we've been going along. But um, the thing that Higurashi does, and we talk about tone shifts, is it will give you a slice of life. Like it will just give you half of an episode where you're watching the characters like play games, like literally like play games together and have fun and like have little competitions with each other where they're like, mm-hmm. um, like it's, it's, it's endearing and cute. And it's the kind of thing you would see in high school or middle school. And it's like, yeah, these are just kids having fun. And then all of a sudden it just totally tone shifts into something completely different. And it's like, Oh, now these kids are in like a really messed up situation. That's but in a way what, that doesn't feel cheap, though. No, it feels natural. Like it feels yeah. earned, uh, and it doesn't feel sh- like um, shoved in. Like it's not, it's not artificial. Um, this has a lot of that as well, where it, it is having those kind of slice of life moments and like real life. You kind of like you can relate to this, and then one person says one thing, which like opens your brain to like, oh, what does that mean? And then everything goes crazy from there. So it's that, that part of it's pretty cool. Arguably my favorite thing, my favorite experience in horror is the moment of something is going on and then out of nowhere, it's like, oh fuck. Oh my God. Now this is happening. Jesus Christ. And oh yeah, that is typically, I mean, that's why I really love, um, like one of my favorite horror things ever is Marble Hornets, which is like mm-hmm. a long series of YouTube videos about Slenderman. Um, and part of the reason that that is so effective for me is that so much of that show is characters like arguing about something with some pretty poorly written dialogue. Cause I'm not going <laughs> to lie and tell you that that show is like a, a masterpiece of writing. Uh-huh. Um, but then like, you're watching them argue and it's about something kind of inconsequential, kind of relevant to the plot. But then in the background, you see like the character, the Slenderman character, like walk between true trees and you're like, Oh fuck. Oh my God. He's right there. (laughs) Fuck. What's going to happen now? And that is why I like that show so much. Um, and so, and that is also why I like Halloween is one of my favorite series of horror movies because it trades so much on early moments of building tension by having him in the background or, 
you know he's just around the corner and these characters are just having a conversation and they don't even know that he's there. That feeling is like really, really something I enjoy. So that's something that the first episode of Higurashi really did was build that like, oh God, there's something in, there's something bubbling like barely below the surface here that's going to yeah. go bad soon. And, um, and this 13 Sentinels also has it, but rather than horror, it's sci-fi. Like it's kind of like, if you consider Terminator two horror parts, like, you know, like the uh, Sarah Connor holding onto the fence and turning into yeah. a skeleton, like that's kind of horror E, but like not sure. horror. Uh, like it does have that kind of stuff going on. So, yeah. And I'm not sure how much I would enjoy that, but I would like to give it a try at some point. I might wait until I can get it on a little bit of a sale price. Um, but yeah, uh, but um, I definitely am interested. Yeah. I'll try and finish it this week and then can try and give more of a review maybe, which I could write for the website at fix.space. Uh, we'll see. Um, anyways, yeah, that's pretty much it for this. We can move on to news if you would like, Andre, I think you were going to say, uh, you know, there's the, my my interest in in this topic is is uh, uh, maybe I'll check out Higurashi, but also living in Japan that means finding like subtitled anime legally is difficult. Yeah, <laughs> which is really frustrating. Which is Weird. interesting considering. Uh, it I, like Japan is a is a country that has many foreign workers and like oh, this is like a, a brief aside, but. So like America, we have tons of information in like Spanish, especially, but also like French and like other other languages. Japan, which has a very large Brazilian population uh, and also, uh, you know, tourists from all sorts of countries and large international workforces, doesn't do a great job of putting a lot of information in like alternate languages. Like, you know, if you sign up for like something, you should be like, okay, do you want the English like contract? Do you want the like the Spanish contract or whatever? Japan just doesn't have that option usually, uh, which is uh, frustrating. Like, you know, there is the learn the language, but also if like you said that to someone in America to be like, oh, you know, uh, you know, Spanish is just as valuable or whatever. Uh, So. You know, it's it's a complicated thing. Uh, and oh. also digital rights management and all that stuff is just a pain in the ass. Like I own like stuff on like PSN, like movie, like a TV show or like mm-hmm. some seasons, but I can't watch it in Japan because I just like, oh, you're not in America right now. So you can't watch this even though you own it. Yeah. Um. Sorry. I did remember one thing I wanted to mention about 13 Sentinels that has me intrigued. Uh, and that's the fact that Kyle McCarley and Kira Buckland are voices both of which they were respectively 9S and 2B from Nier Automata. Yeah. And there's also a handful of voice actors from the English voice actors from the Danganronpa series. So I'm like, that's cool. This could end up in some interesting places because I know the kind of work that those people work on. Yeah. And I think it's cool that there's quality. It's, it's nice to hear like quality voice acting in a, in a oh, dub too. The, the, yes. The localization is excellent. Played in English. It's totally fine. It was a it was a question I had going into Genshin Impact was like, well, this is a Chinese developed game, but it's clearly anime inspired. Do I want to turn on the Japanese VO? But the English mm-hmm. VO is really, really, really good. So I just cool. left it on and am happy with it. So it's always nice when that happens and it kind of removes do, the question. Do, do not watch Higurashi season one and two with English voice acting. It is bad. No, yeah, I will not. I'm not <laughs> it is extremely bad. Also, like which which is interesting because I've never watched it dubbed, but it's also like uh the Japanese voice acting is so good. Yes, the voice acting almost, in the sh- almost iconic. 
Yeah, that yeah. it was that was one thing that was stand out about the that episode of the new one, and so that's part of that. That is why I ultimately found where I could stream it because knowing that it's the same voice cast makes me uh, even more interested in watching the originals. All right, well, it's news time, baby. Oh, it feels like nothing happened this week in video games. Yeah, nothing really did. Which is good. We needed that break. Yeah. <laughs> badly. Very badly. Uh, uh, that, that stuff stuff happened. Nothing like, I don't know, there was nothing like a crazy substantial, but uh, there, there's, there's still news here, baby. Uh, first up on the list, uh, in no particular order, is we got more cyberpunk news. Yeah. Who's ready for cyberpunk? It's just all smooth sailing from here, right, baby? I've, I've been less interested in cyberpunk as news has come out, but yeah, sure. Yeah, see. <laughs> I'm really uh, anticipating yeah, uh, it, but certainly everything that they keep saying is bad. They keep yeah. they should just not they should go very dark and not say anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh so, well, yeah, so this time they're in the news because uh last year uh they made some claims. Uh the studio leads made some claims that they would not require mandatory crunch time on uh any on the game. And then this week they <laughs> Anybody actually believe that, though? I didn't. I didn't. They, I, it seemed like a ploy yeah. for attention yeah. in a moment. Oh, like, yeah. Well, it, was a, it was a PR stunt. And then this week, they came out and said uh, for the next six weeks until the game is out that all employees will be required to put in six-day weeks, which is mandatory crunch. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Apparently, Polish law is pretty good about this stuff and like the protections. If you're not like an official, if you're a contract worker, these protections are less uh, helpful. But they, my understanding is that they will be like compensated well. They say, yep, you know, they say, oh, they're being compensated well, so it doesn't matter. But you know, no, there are it, laws in place to make it not so bad. But this is still, shitty. I think, I think an important note to discuss with this is, I mean, Crunch sucks, and it's not good, and it would be great to move away from that. I mean, we've talked about it, Alex, in as someone who you have probably the most experience with this kind of work. Every project, and I'm not hand-waving it. This is, I'm talking about how it's a problem systemically. Every project, major launch project, like, the, I mean, I crunched working on a website um, recently. Like, unfortunately, when you have product launches, there is it feels like no one's figured out how to eliminate it. That doesn't mean we should yep. stop trying, but it also, we, we haven't figured out how to get there. Um, and I think the reason that this story is important to talk about is specifically because of those government protections and regulations mm-hmm. that mean that these people are getting significant, as I understand it, extra compensation for yeah. putting in all this extra work. And when you're able to do things like that, or when you're required to do things like that, that makes it a little bit easier to swallow, even if it would be great systemically to find a way to eliminate it as a problem in the first place. Um, yeah, I believe it also limits the amount of time that they're allowed to work, even overtime, like so, uh, being like a set period. I I'm not entirely sure. It's it's Polish labor law. I'm not. Yeah, an expert. that's the question I have coming out of this. Is is it that they are working? Are they working fifty hours a week? You know, like. Is that mm-hmm. or sixty hours a week or something where like it's time you could conceivably crunch into a five day or four day work week? However, because of the law, they mm-hmm. have to spread it out more. Or are they working a hundred hours a week and doing like twelve hour days or something? You know, which that's not a hundred hours, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
because I think if, entirely sure. if they're being worked 12 to 13 hours per day and they're still doing a six hour work, oh, six day work week, yeah, no, that's terrible. Holy shit. That is like really, really bad. And that happens all the time in all kinds of industries, but it's really, really bad. But if they're working yeah. eight to nine hour work days, six days a week, still not good. And you shouldn't have to do that, but that's at least like livable levels of like work or for mm-hmm. it, in my experience, I've been able to, to like function and not be horribly depressed and like, and worked that much, you know? So um, I'm definitely curious about that. Yeah. And yeah. All, this news, as one would expect from the headlines that came out, et cetera, was a Jason Schreier piece. And he tends to just kind of put information out there without really giving all the necessary context. And sure. one of the pieces of context that wasn't given is exactly how the compensation was happening and why the decisions happened. So Adam Badowski, who's the the head, I think, like the studio head for CD Project Red, he came out like within an hour being like with a statement being like, okay, yeah, you're right. These last six weeks are our final sprint. And like we've spent years on this, like a big chunk of our lives on it. And like the the team like they understand that they they understand it they agree with it and they're like okay this is six weeks we can do this to make sure that the launch goes smoothly, and like they they talk about like yes the compensation is in there uh, all of it, the studio splits ten percent profit off of whatever mm-hmm. it makes like all of the st- all of the team like yeah so they're being compensated like all this stuff and like you said Pat like crunch is a reality like n- no software product is ever going to launch without some form of crunch. Uh, Agile sprints are made in a way to build in crunch into smaller chunks so that it's more manageable. Like that's what project management is in large software companies is managing crunch across discrete periods, which are usually like two weeks um, so that it doesn't all have to bunch up at the end, but it usually does anyways. So yeah. And I think it's a kind of, it's a tough balancing act to talk about because I think there are aspects of it is totally valid to say as a group, we are passionate about this project and we want to do this work. How much mm-hmm. of that is, is you've been pro kind of programmed to think that way because of societal expectations on your labor. Right. And also like is, saying like, we all agree that we're doing this. It's like, yeah, but how much of it is, Okay, if I, I don't agree to do that, will I lose my job or lose opportunity? That's totally fair. Yeah, if someone yeah. cannot opt out, that's a little eh. But at the same time, I get up at 5:30 a.m. every Saturday to record this podcast because I'm passionate about it and I don't make any money from it. And like it's and and so like I do believe that you can be passionate about a thing and put labor into it because you're passionate about it, but it's a very difficult balancing act because all of that is true as well when it comes to your job. Versus yeah. a hobby. And I don't, what I have tried to avoid doing in this situation and just generally more is I think it's very easy to say, no, fuck crunch, fuck crunch is bad, it ruins lives, we can't have it anymore. It's very easy to take that position. And I think ultimately I would like to take that position. However, I don't also have a solution really. And so it's like, how much of it is. I just want to make this opinion known and how much of it is, what can we do to change it? I mean, it's it's hard Uh, because I think that, I think that it is important to say, Hey, developers make life nice for your, or absolutely for your developers working on it. Like it, 
but it's, it's and it's also like you know since we're not running the studios we don't know exactly how yeah. and i think there's like both sides to that right so whereas like since we're not running the studios we don't know how we can eliminate crunch but at the same time like you know we don't know the full extent to yeah you know and is it mandatory is it not like how long is the crunch like you know I, what hours are they working i have experience working in some pretty shitty again on a spectrum far from as shitty as it gets but some fairly shitty conditions mm-hmm. in a crunch environment um not in software development in particular but but around tech and um, it was awful and I wasn't necessarily super passionate. I bought into this, I bought into the competitive mentality, uh, of like, well, we're just going to get this shit done and we're going to make the money and we're going to go home and it's going to be great. Even though I was really not in a good position mental health wise, uh, at the time because of it, um, that was in a very specific context in a, in this country with limited labor protections. I was not in a union government couldn't give fuck all about my, about keeping me protected mentally or whatever. It's, I think it's hard to say um, with a company like CD project, they're in a country that has better protections and they just have a totally different culture. So it's difficult for me to like examine it too much. Cause I don't know much about one Polish culture. I don't know much about Polish labor culture. I don't know much about CD project studio culture really. So it's a challenge to, to, I think you have to think about context. And so I'm glad that like they came out and said something. It was also, also a high level person saying something doesn't necessarily mean that much. Um, so I would be curious to see any reporting done on this, talking to people who are actually yeah. like, embedded in the teams on the, on the ground level, totally an- anonymized so that they can actually say what they think. Um, yeah, I suspect it would not be the same situation as what you would hear with something like Nether Realm, that crunch story about someone like passing away be- in part because of the strain of their labor. Um, I would suspect it would not fit that same mold because it is such a different work culture. But I could be wrong. It could be really, really bad there. Um, hard to know without deeper reporting. I think for the story in particular, like crunch isn't new we've talked about it on this uh podcast before with different studios and those issues like over the last year and you know going back yeah, yeah. a long time but this story hits in like i think it kind of got in the discourse because of the statement that they put out last year like oh there's gonna or whenever they did it like we're doing no mandatory crunch which is a foolish thing and for them to they're, say. Yeah, they're setting themselves up for yes. like a like this. Right. They, they, it's you know it's the me reaping or me sowing. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, and me reaping. Oh no, what the fuck? Yeah, when people you know when yeah. people get mad after you you put out the unrealistic unrealistic expectations that you can't I mean, hold to. And CD Projekt perpetually has a gun aimed at their foot, right? Like they keep yeah. talking about this game, which. And and putting out stuff that when you take it out of the context of the game itself seems pretty bad. And it may be really bad in the game, too. We haven't played it. But to me, it's like showing off the gangs, for example. There's a way that that could be very interesting and nuanced, but you really are going to need to see it in the context of the game by pulling it out for marketing and saying, here are these different flavors of people that we've come up with. It's like here are different race archetypes. Yes, it's really bad. And it looks like shit when you pull it out. I mean, you can take, 
I think there are ways where you could make a lot of different games that have diverse casts look like shit if you pull out very specific mm-hmm. parts of them and show them off. So we don't know. It could just be that in the game it sucks. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I really think that they just need to shut up <laughs> and stop saying yeah. stuff. Because um, yeah. it seems yeah. like I follow some people who work there who are really fucking cool people and it, they don't strike me as the kind of people that would put up with a really abusive culture um, and, and a really intolerant culture either. Um, like I've, and, and so I have a hard time believing that that's just like super baked into the culture, but it's also hard to know because the only things that ever seem to get out by in news in the news are shitty things. <laughs> so it's just it's 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 weird and they need to well the, you know the positive the stuff they try to put out there then they end up reneging on <laughs> so yeah so that's true too yeah yeah well you know that game is uh like six weeks away and uh, i believe it's insert now <laughs> yep I so think you know going through it uh, so you know we'll we'll play that game and or you know some of us will um, yeah, I'm, and, I, I will say like I'm still really excited to play it. I'm, I'm, I want to play it. Um, yeah. Don't blame anybody who says, I think this stuff looks like bullshit. I'm out totally yeah. valid, but I'm still pretty excited for it. Yeah. Our next news story. You'll never see it coming. Steve. Has oh, joined I thought it was going to be like, roster. Oh, I thought, I thought, I thought you were going to give it a bit more. <laughs> no, of the flow no. that actually happened. In it reality. doesn't need it. Does it? <laughs> It's like I mean, it's cool. It's fine. We it, it has been rumored. People have been saying it for ages. Uh, as, like as the the roster of Smash became more and more uh, diversified from just Nintendo characters uh, with the DLC for this new game, and everyone's like Steve from Minecraft, Minecraft Steve, and sure enough, they finally did the thing. They're uh, putting Steve in Minecraft. I thought for sure it was going to be a Monster Hunter character. <laughs> you would think. I, I, like I was, sh- I was a little shocked that it wasn't right after. It's such good timing for them to announce a Monster Hunter character. They they could still do it. What was the other? Yeah. Like I think once once Rise has been out, maybe yeah, that'll maybe. be the time. Because there isn't but. a character, right? There's just the stage. Yeah. Okay. There's like a Rathalos in the game, but yes, yeah, no, there's yes. no Monster Hunter character. Because it seems like just a hunter would make so much sense, and they could have like a stance change to different weapons. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, um, well, the part of the story I found always interesting with Nintendo is that they announced this with like less than 24 hours in advance. <laughs> well, it was also and it was like our new Smash Bros. character, the new Smash Bros. character is dropping is dropping announcement. <laughs> Where they were like, yeah. "Hey, turn into the tune into like the Minecraft thing to learn about Steve." And like, "Oh, okay," because they didn't like talk much about the actual like thing themselves. Uh, yeah, in the stream. And then <laughs> Sakurai like talked to ranted about how no one likes he's, his ideas for like ten minutes. He was like, <laughs> "Making characters funny. is hard," and I'm like, Sakurai. You deserve the world. Let's be honest. I, I like. I don't remember the exact quote, but he was basically saying like, sometimes upper management makes decisions that you just have to follow through on. Yeah. Sometimes people ask you, "Hey, how about Steve from Minecraft in in Smash?" And you have to go, "Okay." I don't know what it is. It's not the first time he's done something like it, but I found the like him like scratching his chin, just sort of sitting there staring at the camera, waiting for like he was waiting for it to start, was very funny too. Uh, at the beginning. 
Yeah. Just, it was, it was, it was wonderfully weird in a lot of ways. I don't give a shit about smash anymore, but <laughs> I would, I, I'm always happy to listen to Sakurai talk about stuff. What if I told you they made when Kirby eats Minecraft Steve, he becomes a square. He does become a square. Pixelated square. I do do like like that. There was a fake there was a fake image going around of Kirby where it was more like rounded, like they're like a little chunk taken off at the corners to make it seem more rounded, but it's actually he is just a square when he eats uh Steve. I don't I I don't think this is not meant as a knock against Smash players because I understand why people love it so much. I'm not making an objective statement here. I don't, I literally do not think there is anything they could do to make me care about Smash. Yeah, I tried. I picked I was thinking, Smash Ultimate and I was like, this is going to be the one. It has a, it has I that, was thinking that mode. And I, they could I, announce like a Coheed and Cambria stage <laughs> with like, with like, Claudio from the, the the story as a character, and I would go, "That's fucking rad!" and watch the announcement and, and never play it. And, and the stage, <laughs> the stage is on the quantum moon. Yeah, I would be. That would. Yeah, exactly. They could announce that you can play as the ship from the Outer Wilds, from Outer Wilds in in but it, Smash. It control it controls just like the ship. <laughs> and I would give Wilds. a fuck. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know how I could be so apathetic, and I don't dislike it either. That's the thing. If I'm like, when COVID's over and I can travel again, I'm sure that I'll be at a friend's house at some point, and they'll say, "Do you want to play Smash?" And I'll go, "Yeah, sure," and I'll play it for a half hour, and it'd be fine. It's not even that I dislike it. I just super apathetic towards it. Uh, I I like Smash, but it, it is that I need to play it with other people. Like you know, I need to be on the couch playing with people, and yeah. that's just not a thing that can happen right now, which sucks. But Maybe, hmm. I wonder. Uh, Parsec does like. Uh, I wonder if there's any way to like do the switch through Parsec and do like some like co-op stuff that way. But I guess Probably. you could just do online at that point. But yeah, I'll, I'll have to look into that. that. But uh, but if like my friend doesn't have a switch or whatever, you know, who knows? I just like oh, connect a controller to the PC and then that'll like Bluetooth somehow. I don't know. They they have like some console stuff. But anyway. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, speaking of, uh, I don't know how long the story is going to take. Speaking of Nintendo, <laughs> uh, they done, they done called the cops on some people. Oh my God. Yeah. Fuzz. I think the most Alex, important part I don't, of the story I don't know anything is, about this. I don't either. I think the most important part of the story is that someone there is named Gary Bowser. And they are that, arrested. They, yeah, that, so, that person has to be Doug Bowser's like nephew or something. And, yeah, uh, legitimately. And Reggie tweeted, "I want the keys to the kingdom back, Bowser," and and yeah. added uh, Doug Bowser. So uh, yeah, which Reggie's on my funny. shit list right now, but that's very funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is um, team executor, I think executor, however you want to do it. Um, they're kind of this executor. Couple, Execute because it's eggs. Like Pokemon? Get it? eggs. Do you understand? Yeah. Do you get the joke? Executable. Executable. Because it's an egg. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Egg. Execute. Oh. Execute. Execute. We're learning so much today. Fuck. Anyways, so <laughs> they're this group that's been around for like a long time, since like 2001 or something. And it's mainly been the same people where they will mod consoles and they will do mod chips that you can purchase and they will basically like, you know how if you're 
um, doing like what's it called when if you're doing soft a modding? yeah, but Hard. soft modding. But like if you're doing like a root on your Android, and then what's it called jailbreaking on iPhones? Yeah. Yeah, like basically that kind of stuff, and they're selling people oh, yeah. the ability to do that on like their Switch and, uh, well, OG Xbox and like Playstations and stuff like that. So they've been doing this for years. They've been selling it through their site, and it's been always questionably legal, but it's not been fully illegal because they're selling you the the platform basically, and then what you choose mm-hmm. to do with it is your call kind yeah. of thing. So they've been able to. But split, like, what split else? But what are you going to buy it for other yeah, than? I- <laughs> You know, That's it's like so shaky to me. It's yeah. like how like a lot of piracy websites are like it's technically legal, but it's like mm. yeah, it's like, like you, you can download the ROM if you own it and like kind of stuff. Yeah, I've somebody has once somebody once sold me on the way they did it to their Xbox, and they were like, "Well, I just hobby wise, I'm interested in programming." And like learning how this stuff works, and I was like, get a fucking Raspberry Pi or something. Like, <laughs> you're doing this because you want free video. Right, games. and I mean, like, like I, there's there's an element of like, you know, do what you want, but don't try to like say, oh, there's yeah. Look at all and, of the reasons that we can do certain, that we're, you can buy this for. It's like you're you're buying this to pirate games. Like, let's I think be real. For some, in some cases, if it's an older system, like if it's an original Xbox at this point or something, and people are researching how to build emulators and stuff like yeah. that right. for game preservation purposes. I don't have any problems with that. Right. Yeah. I firmly am of the stance that if a company does not want to sell you a game re- like in a, in a, in a reasonable manner. I mean, like I think there's like, let's put it this way. There's a, the, one of the trails games that I'm interested in playing at some point. Currently, the only way to purchase it is to use int- very intrusive DRM that is connected to 10 cent mm-hmm. and give them your PayPal, which is like, I don't know if I'm going to do that. Uh, but if, if a company is not willing to sell you their game in like a legal way, then sure. Mm-hmm. You got a way to emulate it. That's preservation at that point. But yeah. this is not. That. A, well, it's also like, uh, there's also the hardware, like it's your hardware. You can do what you want with it angle, which I think kind of falls into the right to repair stuff. And you can argue like against the piracy aspect of it all day, but I think there is the like if you're buying a thing for that like mods your console that should be your right uh to buy that thing and you know the piracy issue uh is certainly an aspect there but that's such yeah. a small market that like bottom line I don't think it actually hurts them that much it, at it, all. it doesn't but so, it's not but a yeah, huge so, deal like, the, no matter the case like uh even like setting aside the piracy issues, the thing that was more interesting about this story is the fact that Nintendo finally put their foot down and actually did mm-hmm. like actionable things, which no other console maker has done. And Nintendo has been more aggressive with like you know their YouTube kind of tirade they went on for a few right. years. Right, and with there. like fan games and stuff too. Yeah, um, and like the presence of Smash at Evo for, was a big thing for a long time. Like they they tend to be very controlling over their IPs, over their yeah. hardware, everything like that. So now they're actually like having these people arrested, extradited, sent to the U.S. so that they can all be put on trial. Like one of them is a Canadian, one of them is from Europe, and I think one of them is from China. Like yeah. there's three people that overall were involved and they're all being extradited to the U S to face trial and will probably face prison time for federal offenses. And that's setting a crazy precedent because that actually hasn't happened. Yeah. And I don't, to be clear, I don't think that putting people in prison is the right way to go about. Right. No. 
one thing to me that, you know, Jeff Gerstmann of Giant Bomb has always talked about this. The best way to combat piracy is to make it not worth someone's time to pirate. Uh, to right. Make it, yeah, like, to make it easier. Like, yeah. it's, it's like how you see, you saw piracy going down, like, when more digital streaming stuff became available for, like, movies. Yeah. Where it's like, it's it's cheaper, you, you don't have to bother with with piracy. And um, like, CD Projekt is a great example, I mean, just talked about them. They released their games DRM-free on GOG, and you can totally pirate, it's very easy to pirate the Witcher games. Like, you can just go to a pirate site and get a the full file. Oh, yeah. You don't even need to mount anything. It's like very easy, but they support their games so well that by owning the Witcher three, you got tons of additional like minor, but additional content that pirates were going to take months to, to code in. And a lot of it was for free. So it, it's easier to just buy the game and support it and have access to all that stuff than it is to to go through the process of pirating it right and um, i think i think we, people saw that with steam sales too even where it's like hey you yeah. know that if you wait for a few totally. months that you can get it for 20 bucks or five yep. bucks so you're kind of like hmm if 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 it's that easy to get it for not that much money why do i necessarily need to pirate like the people will still pirate but you know it makes it, it, it lessens it, the impact yeah, and it lessens the people who want to support it but can't for whatever reason. But yeah, it I definitely got to the point where it just became if I'm not willing to pay for this thing, why would I want to even bother yes, pirating it? I agree. That's like, my feeling. Right. Well. That's oh yeah. If it's, right. if it's not good enough, to, if it's not good enough to pay for, it's not good. It's not enough. It's not worth my time. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. So, yeah, like the piracy aspect, it is what it is. SXOS is what they made. If you want to look that up and see what it is, just to know. Oh, so they worked on the Xbox too, the the new Xbox. I see. <laughs> SSOX series socks series socks OX. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. it, it's worth looking into to see what it was. Like you can form your own opinions on you know if that's something yeah. you ever want to participate on. Like people were doing interesting stuff with it, such as. Last year, getting Super Mario 64 to run on it with actual upscaling and with actual new textures mm-hmm. and yeah. stuff like that. So it was a port rather than, you know, <laughs> an up-res yeah, version yeah. of an N64 game. It's like they were doing interesting stuff with it. Um, and that stuff's cool, but it, it's the legal precedent that this sets. And yeah. whatever happens with this trial is going to set a lot of... It's going to set a lot of precedence for the future. Like you really hope that they, that whoever, whatever judge is sentencing in this case is like, you, you made some hardware to do weird stuff with a video game console. Like that's not worth your life being ruined. (laughs) Cause it isn't, it really isn't. Uh, And I worry that because if the trial is happening in the U S court system, Mm. the U S court system is definitely like people, your life is nothing. Business is what matters. That's yeah. gen- generally the way that. Don't you know most that businesses are people, and they are like the best people. Our justice system is definitely geared towards like if if corporations are are like divine versus the trash of humanity. So unfortunately, they might end up getting the book thrown at them. But that would really suck. And hopefully, if that happens, people yeah. are vocal about it. Yeah. So we'll keep an eye on it. Um, Modern Vintage Gamer has a really good video, kind of explaining a lot of the. The more yeah. technical details, I would recommend that. I will put it in the show notes. 
Uh, well, speaking of politics and games, uh, <laughs> Nexus Mod said, hell no, get your politics out of our games and has banned all U.S. political mods until... You know, well, at least uh, they won't sometime have to in have the future that won't affect Ubisoft games because they don't have politics uh-huh. in their games. No, no, it'll affect mods for Ubisoft games, uh, which I don't even course. know if you can mod Ubisoft games on Nexus Mod. Um and so, yeah, uh, there have been uh, Nexus Mod's statement about all this stuff was uh, pretty strong, uh, strongly worded. They call they're like the people uploading these are cowards on sock puppet accounts. Uh, I haven't seen <laughs> the mods in question. Sorry, um, did they actually say sock puppet? Yeah, yeah. Wow. They're like these people so- <laughs> are these people are too like they're cowards and they won't use their real accounts. They're just trying to uh, you know. Yeah. Trying is, to be divisive and upload wow. like yeah. bullshit. This like, is the uh, one divisive time. Mods. This is the one time that I actually don't have a ton of criticism for an organization oh, yeah. saying no politics. It. I can't believe that I feel that way, but looking into this a little bit more, like I don't think. I think I'm okay with not being able to play as Bernie Sanders in Skyrim right now, if it also means that it's not loaded up with Trump trash. Well, like it's generally, also, it's, yeah, this isn't it's also like future, Yeah. It's, it's for future uh, uploads it's, from the 28th like, onwards. Yeah. And it's, they're basically like, we'll revisit this after the inauguration. Whatever right. that, that's what I mean. Is. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is, uh, but their, 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 uh, announcement is buck wild where it's like, uh, if you see one of these mods, I suggest you do as our terms of service say and report the mod and move on without engaging with the content. Hmm. Your engagement will only fuel the idiots further. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is like, that's it's amazing. Like, I'm like, it is buck wild. Yeah, it's good. I, I had, it's funny. Cause I heard about this news, right? As I was looking at, um, a, 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 a uh, I'm not going to get into specifics, but a database for fan content for a card game that I really like. Sure. Um, and one of the fan decks that someone made was a Donald Trump themed deck. And I was like, mm-hmm. man, I was just trying to look for some interesting, weird shit. And now I got to look at this crap. And yeah. it was not tongue in cheek. It was not humorous. It was like, like his special power was to build the wall and shit. Oh. And I, oh, it God. sucked. And I wished it wasn't there. Fuck and that. normally I am very against limiting like quote political content. But for right now, in that space, I actually think it's okay. Um, yeah. 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 Well, uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, it, it was a surprising thing. And I was a fan of just how they were like, these people are cowards. These people suck. Like, let's be real. That's, I was that's like, very good. I think, I think if I made a mod for Skyrim, where a char- an original character that I wrote, who was like the, uh, a shitty leader. And then they got like, sick from a plague and it was clearly like a parallel to real life mm. but but not explicitly a like play as Donald Trump in Skyrim I think if that got removed I would maybe be a little frustrated because I I think like writing original content that has political commentary in it is one thing versus because yeah. that's so, just, that's true of all stuff really um, versus but, it, but if they're banning like play as Trump in Skyrim mods then yes that's good Get rid can, of that for a while. Can, can I still play as Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh, that's a good question. I was about, as you said the well, words, I was like, he's not political, but he is. But yeah, he, he totally he's, is. He's, he's both. 
Uh, so what is it? Uh, considering the low quality of the mods being uploaded, the polarizing views they express, and the fact that a small but vocal contingent of your users are seemingly not intelligent or grown up enough to not be able to debate the issues without resorting to name calling and baseless accusations without wow. proof. Indicative of the wider issues plaguing our world at this time, we've decided to wipe our hands clean of this mess and invoke an outright ban on mods relating to sociopolitical yeah. issues in the United States. That's, also, that's the, 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 the phrase later in this in this uh, post, to be blunt, we don't do not care how this looks. <laughs> God. Wow. I didn't read the whole statement. I just saw the news story headline, basically. Yeah, that's no, good. It's, that's it's, that's awesome. They, uh, and they have, it's, all, it's within their power. It is their platform. Hopefully that's so. saying do what you want on other sites or services. We care nothing for it here. That's amazing. That's, that's super. God. There's a lot of communities that could use that kind of leadership. Yeah. Let's put Honestly, it that way. I kind of <laughs> dig it. Yes, it's great. The last thing I want to say on this is a quote from them is just, I think it's powerful is we have neither the time, the care or the wish to moderate such things. <laughs> yeah. Just like, this is not, like yeah, um, over. I, I'm, we just want to we yeah. want to let you mod in nude ladies to your games get your <laughs> like shitty Clean up those political yeah, yeah yeah smile and be happy in the knowledge that time it took them to make an account on the site and upload their mod is a lot longer than it takes for us to ban the account <laughs> the these guys kick ass make, all right all the you that you can make detailed mods with positioning that allow you to bone people in skyrim but and dragons. no, oh, is, I, U.S. Yeah. political. I mean, I'm gonna do, I need to do some research. I need to do some research after yeah. that. And, and, no. I might need to make some some, <laughs> some films. <laughs> I've, and I've, baby. Oh, and and to be clear, like I I don't really typically get into like the technical side of modding or things, but mm. uh, Nexus Mods is like literally the only thing I've used for modding uh, because oh, yeah. it's so yeah. easy. It's great. Um, yeah, because yeah, I, I modded some stuff for. Um, Dragon Age Origins, and it was it was very very easy. Mm, yeah, and I went into this story thinking, yeah, okay, but all those statements made me say, they're really yeah, good. That, yeah. that, that <laughs> fucking, I know. I, I was like, I, I hadn't read this before our podcast either, and now I'm like, dang, I'm glad we talked. About that. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. We should, yeah. we should do quick hits for the rest of these. Yeah, I think yeah. Are, yeah. Uh, the Series X got out into the wild and some media hands and some impressions and benchmarks for uh backwards compatible games started coming out and hey those backwards compatible games they run better often at 60 frames per second in 4k upscaled so there you go load times also drastically reduced which is nice because these are games that did not have any like series x patch or anything like that for them so without doing any work they vastly improve performance that on that note, it sounds like on the flip side, something we don't have on the dock because I'm just seeing it now. The PS5 only has 664 gigabytes of usable hard drive space. Uh, yes, uh, SSD space, please. Um, but yes, that is because the OS takes up like 120 or whatever. Uh, yeah, that's that sucks. I imagine 104, 128 on the Xbox. Um, yeah. I mean, that's gonna. It's worse on. It's even worse for the Series S. Um, it's but not, yeah. It's not gonna matter for me because I'm gonna play like a game or two at a time on PS5 because mm-hmm. I use PC for my like service game stuff, like Modern Warfare yeah. or whatever. But man, if that's your primary console, 
I see some people saying like, well, you're only going to have a game or two install at a time. But no, I mean, if you have I 200 gigabytes, have like a lot of, of games. Yeah. Installed. If you have 200 gigabytes of Call of Duty and 100 gigabytes or 60 gigabytes, whatever, a Destiny and you play a sports game. It's starting to look mm-hmm. real slim for extra room for your mm-hmm. your prestige and, yeah, Sony games. Think think about like how big were game sizes at the start of this generation, and how big yes. are they now? Because if we're starting this generation with twenty to fifty gigabyte size games, maybe we get to two hundred and five hundred gigabyte games. And yeah, if I mean, you're still using your launch PS Five, Spider Man like the Miles Morales Ultimate Edition with the Spider Man Remastered is like hundred and five gigs or something. Yeah, so and that's, this is the start of the gen. So yeah, and that that's two games, but still like that's. They're yeah, using a lot of similar assets and, and things half. like that. Yeah. Um, so, and Demon Souls hey. that was a that was like a what three was it thirty gigs? I don't know. It's not that big. Uh, the original maybe is like nine gigs or something. Uh, this new one's like sixty six or something. I think. Yeah. Uh, so, hey Andre. Yeah. Speaking of Spider Man, yeah. they changed his face, baby. <laughs> that was so weird. She, I can't they change it. it. Really? Oh. So, I don't like it. Still, okay. still bad. It's 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 she still looks the wrong way. But I came around on like their reasoning at least. Like mm. it makes sense. And okay, I thought you were like was, I thought you were going to say like the new the oh, new face is better actually. And I'm like I don't get that. But no, it's not better. the The problem is that the <laughs> apparently with the new motion capture technology that they're using. I think Yuri was the face model for the last one. Like mm-hmm. that they used him to mocap is what mm-hmm. I was hearing. The face. But either yeah, way, that, that would make sense. So just but, some. but the problem is on with their old tech, the fidelity was such that they could like take Yuri's mocap data and hang a person on him. That looks like a 23 year old ish. I mean that he looked older than 23 in that game, but whatever with their new technology, it's like too high fidelity. So they can't not make him look like he's 49 years old. That sounds like some bullshit. Like maybe it's bullshit. And if it's bullshit and they were just like, we want it to look more like Tom Holland, then we're in for quite the ride. Cause that's a fucking stupid reason to do that. But uh, if they can turn, if they can turn Benedict Cumberbatch that, you know, this was said on uh, waypoint radio, you know, they could turn Benedict Cumberbatch into a dragon. Like there's no reason they can't <laughs> turn Yuri low. Uh, I don't know. Did you see the Hobbit? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I don't know. Yuri was out there saying that that's, he was kind of like, it's because of my bone structure that they can't do that. They can't use my and bone. I mean, that's, that's of my bone. Like that's, that's, that's got nothing to do with, uh, that's got nothing to do with, um, you know, the, the age that's like, I mean, I guess your bone structure changes as you age a little that's bit. That's what I mean. What that was my, under, and I maybe misinterpreted like it. It, it does like it just, you know, they wanted someone who looked more like Yuri to make that what? smoother. But if you're just, why not just, if they're capturing his face, why not just put, Yuri's face on the Spider-Man. I don't know. And because like, it doesn't I mean, look right. It looks like deep. the point that I, from what I understand, it looks makes, it looks really fucking weird. So they needed like a new, they needed to just unfortunately throw the whole man away, except for his voice and, and whole man. Do a new person. Coming through. Okay. Yeah. 
So I don't know. I think that the person that they chose, I mean, maybe he's a very, uh, I, I feel bad because it is modeled after a real person and I've <laughs> said some harsh things about his I, appearance and I'm sure that the real man that is modeled after is probably pretty nice and fine. But this makes Peter not look like a kid who grew up with lesser means. Like, it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It doesn't look like a guy who's running around catching, finding his uh, his belongings in a dumpster after he's been evicted. Exactly. Yes. It's it's yeah. Okay. He looks very. Um, oh, speaking of speaking what, of dumpsters, uh, yeah. Farmville is is going to close its uh, the the barn door in a couple months, the end yeah. of uh, December. Is that what we're going for here? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, or I was—I thought you were going to say the RTX 3070. <laughs> no, that's not a, that's not <laughs> no. a dumpster. Uh, there's a whole oh, there's launch. I don't know. On here, that could be. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Farmville, it, yeah, Farmville is going. That Facebook Classic is going to uh, cease operations in uh, December, at the end of the year. For so for reasons your, which which makes sense, though. Go check in on your farms from like ten years ago. See see how see how your corn's doing. The the reason is starting. Well, I think it's actually happened. Is starting in October, which it is now. Uh, Flash is being killed in major browsers uh, like Chrome, okay. etc. So it's a Flash game. Why would they support it? Crap. So I wonder. Hmm. Whatever. Okay. It's, well, it's Farmville. It's I played yeah. it for a solid, let's say, two days back when that was a thing. Mm-hmm. I think I like I think I had friends that asked me like, hey, will you do the thing? And I said, sure. And I tried it and I was like, oh, never mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was something to kill time while I was on Facebook uh, in like group chats or whatever. But yeah, it's OK. I like it's hard. Like it's easy to forget that it was ever a thing because like no I, one it, talks it about sure it. is. I saw that. I was like, oh, Farmville. That's a name I haven't heard in a very long time. Like, yeah. Thoughts and prayers. Uh, RTX, we just brought it up. RTX 3070 uh, was supposed to launch uh, sometime in the next like two weeks, the 15th or something, 14th, 15th. Uh, The new NVIDIA mid-range graphics card or like upper mid-range. But they have said, hold on. We have heard your complaints. And uh, it's because we want to have more cards for launch. We are going to delay to October 29th. And all those cards are still going to sell out. Which is suspiciously close to AMD's reveal event for their new GPU, which is October 28th. Uh, Yeah, Uh, I mean, like the AMD stuff is going to be out there probably in November, it sounds like. Uh, It seems like they want to... They don't want to beat AMD to the punch. It's weird that they they must be pretty confident that. Well, I mean, it's the same thing with like Xbox and uh, PS4, PS5 at this point, where they're all going to sell out anyway. Right now, yeah, no, for sure. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so and the, the, the performance th- stuff on the AMD stuff is interesting. But the thing I have heard, and I've been watching this in tech circles, is people saying that. Nvidia is potentially going to wait to see if like the price comes out on those things on the new mm. uh, Radeons and see if they should adjust the price of their 3070 the day after, like mm. to kind of you that. know 
like kind of take the rug out from under them because the new car, the new uh, RDNA two cards from from uh, AMD they seem like they'll probably be fine fine to good, um, but if the thirty seventy can outperform them for cheaper, then why wouldn't Nvidia do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's hard to say, but like the fact that AMD is waiting so long to uh, show that stuff is really fascinating, uh, especially with some of like the stuff that the scuttlebutt around what they've been saying, like, Oh, we're going to have plenty for launch and yeah. uh, stuff like, you know, Oh, we're not impressed by the 3090 uh, stuff like that <laughs> is like, Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, talking big game. Uh, I was watching some Moore's law stuff on it and that's uh, Moore's laws dead. Uh, yeah. Sounds interesting. Uh, like, uh, yeah, I don't know too early to say now that I have not been able to get a PS5 pre-order in, now I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll get a GPU, but also <laughs> they're all sold out all the time. So maybe I won't get anything. <laughs> no food, uh, no nothing, no money spent. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to save up all my money on a hunger strike until I can get a GPU or a console. God. <laughs> Speaking of delays, oh. WoW Shadowlands has been uh, in, it's not indefinitely because they said it's by the end of the year, but they've not given a date for the new expansion to wow coming out. Uh, Pat, any thoughts on this? You're the only one here playing. Wow. Pat is frozen. (laughs) I thought he was just spaced out. No, he is frozen. He's gone. Yeah. I thought he was just spaced out. (laughs) That's just his reaction. Oh, Pat's gone. No. Goodbye, Pat. We hardly knew you. <laughs> that was uh, not going to be funny for anyone else because uh, no one could see him. But it was just Pat, open eyed, just kind of dead air, dead eyes staring yeah, at the camera. Into the distance, yeah. Well, yeah. That's well, Shadowlands. I, I don't think any of us care. So Pat banished yeah. to the Shadow Realm. Um, yeah. And uh, too, bad he's, too bad he's not here for our last story, though. Donald Trump, uh, after months of downplaying uh, coronavirus, aka COVID 19, has contracted COVID 19 uh, and attended several events where he has spread the virus to numerous people, which is terrible, but he's got COVID-19, which is really funny. Yeah. Yeah, it is. We're not, this podcast isn't going to be like Twitter where we're like suddenly taking a stand on people being mean on the internet just for this, but yeah, no. And we're not terribly political in nature in terms of, we don't just straight up talk politics most of the time. We'll talk about politics. You don't talk politics all the time. But I yeah. feel like we can say fuck Trump. And yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. And the, the, there's been the Twitter discourse of, oh, but you should be nice to him and say like no. wish wish him well. No, I don't I personally he, don't. He, I, he does not deserve an iota of respect or sympathy or empathy or you know, uh COVID nineteen, uh hell of a disease. Uh, absolutely, hell of a virus. <laughs> it, it it can, you know. Uh, but when you spend Sorry. months downplaying, uh, downplaying this and directly causing two hundred thousand Americans to be killed uh, due to your inaction and your 
just absolute horseshit leadership. Mm-hmm. You do not get to go, you do not get to play the, oh, respect and sympathy and thoughts and prayers for Trump uh, to get for a speedy recovery. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yep. The same day that this news broke, uh, same, like, you know, they're sending out Lion, Lion Obama and Joe Biden. They're already raising more money and people calling for Joe Biden to suspend his campaign. And like, I don't particularly like Joe Biden. But are you fucking kidding me? If the shoe was on the other foot, some of these people like a week ago, two weeks ago, dancing in the streets, basically about uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying or calling for, you know, uh, the death of Ilhan Omar, uh, AOC, you know, all these people. And then they want to play the, oh, no, you shouldn't wish death on anybody, blah, blah, blah. Fuck off. Yeah. And and that's the whole Twitter thing where Twitter is basically being like, hey, you have to be nice to people. Like we we uh, delete and uh, suspend suspend people, anybody who does this. And it's like people are like bullshit. (laughs) Like like like, I've (laughs) I've uh, I've reported. So like there are people who are like I've reported so many tweets of people who've like threatened death against me and. What yeah. happened? Nothing. So, yeah. so where um, we have not been particularly overtly political on the podcast, I think all of us can say definitively fuck Donald Trump. And hey, if he dies from COVID, that sounds like the best possible outcome to me because <laughs> he has and done far more harm to the world than 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 good. So whatever. It's I I don't even I can't even go as far to say that. Like there's so many like ripple effects and things like branching off of that. Like I just like if he dies in like the next week, uh, I saw something CNN reporting. He's having trouble breathing. If he dies in the next he's week, he's also taken like weird. What does like, that experimental medicine? Yeah. And what does that do to like, the election? Yeah. Like, yeah. What does this do? Like, if he pulls through, what does that do to the election? Like it's all it's, what is going on? Uh, it's it is it is you know uh, paired with mouth dreams. The, this week on Twitter has been absolutely buck wild. Uh, yeah, the discourse and it's nice to see everybody just like really positive. Between uh, about this, between so. mouth dreams, between the COVID announcement, and between the giant skeleton from a home hardware or Home Depot. Oh my gosh, yeah, no, Home Depot, Home Hardware, Home Depot. My, yeah. uh, uh, yesterday, my mom sent me a a text message that was basically like, "Hey, today uh, we're gonna watch Great British Bake Off. We're having waffles for dinner, and Trump has COVID. It is a great day." And I was like. <laughs> My mom is definitely not the type of person who's like going to wish harm on anybody, but she was just like, today is great. Yeah. And I was um, like, yeah. yeah, there we go. It's, uh, yeah, boy, this, this, uh, you know what? Uh, just, uh, I have not been particularly enthused about voting for Joe Biden. Uh, but at this mm-hmm. point you need to, uh, you need to go vote. You, you need to, you need to vote. I need to get my ballot sent in. Um, but Tell yourself whatever it is you need to to, you know, make yourself feel good about your choice. I'm telling myself it probably won't happen, but I am telling myself Joe Biden will get high speed rail done in the U.S. <laughs> will it happen? Probably not. But Joe Biden likes fucking trains. 
<laughs> you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll back that. Joe Biden fucking likes trains. Uh, Joe Biden fucking likes trains. Uh, he likes riding them. Uh, and uh, you know okay, what? Um, I'm gonna believe. I'm gonna believe God. that's his. That's his. Uh, that's the one oh. thing that I can trust him on is his his love of trains. Yeah, I do love so, the you video of him getting distracted by the train. Yeah, I was like, you know what? Yeah. Honestly, what a mood, this. though, for real. That's, that's a totally leader. fair point, though. Uh, yes, we encourage people to vote. Joe yep. Biden in this come, upcoming. I election. voted. I had to not vote for Kanye. Because he was on my ballot. What? Kanye was on my ballot. <laughs> For real. I, this is okay. Well, uh, he's apparently, I think, on like <laughs> on a couple of state ballots. Which is bullshit because he tried to get in after like the deadline. So, like, I don't yeah. even know. Okay. Uh, he, anyway. Anyway. Anyways, I, I had, I, I, I did not vote for Kanye, but I've been joking about it with my family all week. Please do it. I I, I think anyone listening to this podcast is probably intending to vote, but you know, I've definitely had, I, this year I've definitely struggled with the, I just, mm, ah, but I'm going to do it anyway. Anywho, this has gone on far too long today. Uh, Thanks for joining us, everybody on episode 141 of the gaming fix podcast on October 3rd, 2020. I have been your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. your partner's favorite track off Mouth Dreams. You can find me on Twitter at CoolSlaw, C-O-O-L-S-L-4-W. And you can go over to podchaser.com slash gamingfix to leave us a review of the podcast, uh, which helps us improve. You can email us at gaming at fix.space. You can go over to fix.space, maybe see some of the reviews we've written. Uh, I don't think there's anything like super new on there. Twitter.com slash fix podcast. Anything else in that vein? I don't think so. Thanks again to Jeff Davis for our theme, the new theme. It's great. We love it. Allison, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. Great. And Alex. Uh, You can find Pat at PJC Plays. I asked for you. Yahoo! <laughs> okay, bankrupt. I got it. Uh, like, God, Yahoo was worth like worthless as a company in North America. Like, did you know that? No, like, they were they were worth a lot, and then they, they were, were and now they they now they are worthless. Like, yes. basically, but Japan, they're like super valuable. Like, they're a mobile carrier and all, all yep. sorts of stuff. Anyway. Yep. All right, well. Thanks, everybody. Uh, We'll be back next week, and this is going to be a hell of a week, everybody. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. Bye.